This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to episode 66 of Celtic Rumors TV, the Balls and Bobbit podcast with your host Mark and myself, Paul. Join us tonight on the show. We have Terence Ter161 from a poor former page to the podcast CelticRumors.co.uk. You can also see all our links to the podcast in the description below. On the show tonight, we'll be looking at the season midway through with highs and lows under Ange Postacoglu, our expectations for 2020 and the season ahead. And we'll also have questions from our forum page. And we will discuss them at the end of the show. And we'll also take questions from the live chat. Firstly, I'll hand off to Mark for a few shout-outs. And then he'll bring Terence onto the show. Thanks very much, Paul. Thanks for coming on. As usual, bud. Eh? Quick shout-outs to usual lads. Tim Alloy, a Glasgow Green. Eh, Richie and his family. Dampsey boy. <coughs> a young John. I've not spoke to John for a while, Paul. Have you heard from him? Yeah, he's 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 doing all right. He's he's doing all right, Marky. He's Is doing he, all right. I've yeah, no, I've not really spoke to him. Uh, was there uh, in Bob Bobby Sutherland? I don't know if Bobby's coming in tonight. I see a job or a jabbies. Is it the job or a jobbies? Is in as well. Uh, and just a wee update of Mikey Paul. No, I just spoke to you off camera about it. Off Mikey about it there, but Mikey's just a. Nearly a lot for you get married, man. It's a poor shame from him and his wife have been ill for two weeks. A chest infection. Just can't seem to shake it off. They're in their third course of antibiotics and they're actually bedridden the way Mikey was talking. But even worse than that, Paul, his FIFA account got hacked. Jesus. Was that him? Was that, that Jonas was saying? Was this? I don't know, was Jonas talking about it on Twitter or something? Yes, yes, that one of his mates got hacked and he uh, got nearly 16 million. Six, 16 million coins they lost. 16 million coins they lost for it. No, I mean, that's a big king in FIFA. I know you're not into it in that, Paul, no, but that's a big king. That's a real, and mm. I know I'm making a joke about it, it's more important than his health, but it's, it's not really, but it's a big thing. I mean, Mikey's waiting to play, and he's a, Mikey's that good a FIFA player, he's playing in tournaments and that, he's qualifying. Mm-hmm. Have to play in these big fancy tournaments that you can watch live on, on the internet and that's so. a Jesus. Hope he gets that sorted out, but very importantly, I hope him and Donna get better soon and Mikey can get Mikey back on the pods as well because it's always good when Mikey comes on and I like giving him and Jonas on together because they're a good mm-hmm. bit because you know each other, there's a good bit of crack in that between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. we, we got a new subscriber, Paul, so that's us. We're back up to 520 subs on here. Again, thanks everybody that subscribes, tunes in, listens to us. If you haven't subscribed, then please do it. Hit the like button. Feel feel free to share the podcast about on your social medias and YouTube, uh, Facebook, stuff and that. And if you know how to, please leave a comment in the comment section because it helps us get up on the YouTube. Thank you for listening. That. 
So we're midway through the season and Celtic are sitting second in the league table behind Rangers. We played 20 games, 114, through three, last three points, 54. Goals for 42, goals against 30, gives us the goal difference of 30. Considering how badly the shape the squad was before Ange Postglobe came into the Celtic side, Celtic didn't have a starting lineup. Uh, it went fielding players in the qualifiers of the Champions League and on the open game or another feast to hearts in the first game of the season. Is it Terence there, Mark? I am indeed, let's how you can terms. Thank you for again, Terms. Well, welcome, let's give Frasky. Uh so uh, I suppose we're looking at from we're going back to the situation terms where we were before Ange came in, there was all the the mess that was around Eddie Howe and how, how badly the squad was when we we beat players leaving with Edward, we'd Christie, we we we'd no manager at the time either and the, the whole club was in a mess, but since Ange came in, he's got the ground running. He's got thing. How, how do you feel, Terence, that uh, we're shaped up at the moment under Ange? Um, just, just obviously very quickly before I start, I convinced my brother and his wife to listen in tonight. So I just like to say hello to Joe and Naomi. Um, hopefully, do. Yeah. So hopefully they do. The two, I'll get the two of them to subscribe. Hopefully. Um, but going on to your point, Paul. Um, I mean, from the start of the season to where it is now, it's it's chalk and cheese, you know. I mean, like like you said, when we we started the season, we had we were we were it was like Ange was basically just in the door, and he was there was a league match in front of him, there was a Champions League qualifier in front of him. He he really didn't have anything to great great to work with compared to the position we find ourselves in now. It's 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 worlds apart to be honest with the two of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Mark, I remember when. The, the the first videos that, that we saw of Ange at the training centre, it was basically the Colts team that but that we have now that he was working with, and that was basically the team that he was starting the league with. Oh, we can you see know? that, but we can get back when he was picking guys like a Yetin folk like that. We were, I mean, we were we were down to our bare bones. We were even probably even lower than that to be honest, considering the players that we did. That, didn't even want to be here. We knew they were going to be leaving, kind of thing, and that as well. So I agree with Terence. So it is. It's the difference in the team in that uh, night and day for just a few months ago. But it's still a work in progress. We're still we're not we're not quite there yet. Do you know what I mean? But it's a hell of a lot better than a lot of people expected it to be. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But what is it, Mark? Like what what has Ange brought to the 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 Celtic Football Club dash? That we were missing for the last two seasons under Neil Lennon. What's the difference? What has he brought? Because focus, it's purely focus, down to Ange. Focus, yeah. Paul. Focus on all the things that matter. On the team on the park, making sure that the team's playing well. I mean, we've, kind of, we've spoke about it a hundred times. We know Lennon lost the dressing room and what was going behind the scenes and things like that. That Twitter account, Paul, that we think it's Neil Lennon. Or he's mm-hmm. some of, have you seen some of the stuff we've been Oh, yeah, it, 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 it definitely is. It's like yeah. another, it's as, if, it's, it's as if he's been living in a, like a, a, is it, a parallel universe to the rest of the stuff that that guy mm-hmm. on Twitter's coming out with. Whether it is it's, Neil Lennon or whether it's his agent or somebody just associated it's, it's, with him. Mm-hmm. 
I just get it up there actually, uh, and like some. I I don't know. Have you seen this, Terence? Like, but this this fella is is constantly trying to take away the blame from um, from Lee he's Lennon. Trying, he's trying to rewrite history, Paul, and it's it's only history for eighteen months. You know what I mean? It's not as if it's like ten years ago and people's memories are maybe a wee bit fuzzy or that. It's, you know what I mean? This is only in the last 18 months, but I think there's definitely something to do with Neil Lennon. But I think Angie's just brought in, he's, he's raised the professionalism across the board as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, also got, he's also got guys marked that want to play. Well, that's, that's a, a huge That's part. a big factor as well, Terence, you're right there. You, and, and you've got to, and also the, it, there's, a, there's a team ethic there. Like you watch, you watch when guys score, everyone is delighted. If, if Kyogo sets up a bad. Uh, they're running to each other, or if it's Jota, or if it's whoever scores, everyone runs together. The centre backs are running halfway up the field for to celebrate, to get in, to congratulate each other. You hear each other; they're talking. You see Joe Hart, and you know Joe Hart leadership from start to finish. Everything. You look at it compared to last year. Not to not. I don't mean to be pointing out players, but there was a situation where where there was a goal. Christie may not celebrate the goal. Edward yeah, may not Joe celebrate the goal. Yeah, yeah. You know. And it was there was such there it looked as clear as day to anyone that there was massive divisions in the camp lassies, and it's and like I I've, I've seen and I've heard a few of the things about the Twitter yoke that you're talking about Paul, and mm-hmm. it all what it does for me is it just diminishes Neil Lennon's status in the club because yes. like rather than just holding up the hands and going, I was manager. The book stops at me. If you look at Ange, he doesn't he, he doesn't pass the blame on to anyone. He says, oh, I got it wrong in the derby match. I should have played Kyogre through the middle. It's my fault. That's that's there's a huge difference there. Everyone goes, Yeah, uh, he admits he's wrong. He, he admits he, he's he, wrong. Ange could have come out and threw uh, Kyogo under the bus after that game and blamed Kyogo for it. As you say, Kelsey came out and admitted it yourself. It was my mistake. It wasn't he it wasn't that Kyogo had a bad game, it was just his fault that he chose to play him out in the left wing. Yeah, and, and Neil Neil Lennon Neil Lennon needs to, he'd have been, his best bet and his people closest to him, and in particular his family, should be just saying, listen, just keep quiet. It all went mm-hmm. wrong. It went horribly wrong. But, like, he's going, the longer it continues and the more nonsense he comes out with, or whoever comes out with the nonsense on his behalf, the more his status is diminished and diminished and diminished. And he'll, and he'll go, he'll be remembered for this guy who's continually basically passing the book and passing the blame. And saying I had nothing to lo- do with Celtic losing ten in a row, whereas the bottom line is, look, you were manager at the time. There was a lot of other factors there as well, but the bottom line is, you were manager. The players didn't want to play for you. There was lots of other circumstances there, but you just have to stand up and go, I got it wrong, and it's as simple as that. Do you think? That, do you think the players expect to be be appointed full time? I, I mean, we were all, we were all shocked. I mean, I, I've said it before. There was. We were, in a way, we were lucky that Len had messed up at Hibs. I mean, but that's what you're saying, Terms here. He's only rewriting history, but I mean, he messed up at Hibs. He's just, he's, and then he came back to Celtic. We were lucky he was here to get us over the line, but that should have been hit. But you mm. see, there's an arrogance on the board as well, Lamar. There's an arrogance on the board to think that Rangers basically crumbled that season when they were when it went after the Christmas break. They fell apart, like they literally crumbled under the pressure. And Celtic got the nine in a row. Obviously, the COVID came in and the season was ended, but Celtic were miles ahead at the time. And I, I think that's what they were probably just... expecting again, Terence. Yeah. I said it. And then it was I, genuinely, 
Yeah, they were, but I genuinely think there's a level of arrogance on the board going, we can win this league with pretty much anyone in charge. Mm-hmm. And their, their logic was, look, Shalene is the cheap option, so to speak. We'll we'll keep going with him and happy days, we're going to keep going to keep pro- all the guys. Like. There was probably a lot of fans that maybe thought that way as well, Terms, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But just thinking, Most people did. Uh, would have thought, or, or get, you know what I mean? The money we're spending in players, the wages we're spending in players, anybody, could be, should, anybody should be able to manage us to the league title. So, I see what you're saying about the arrogance of the board, but well, do you know how it turned out? Do you know what I mean? It was just, it stayed just too long. And see at the time as well, when you saw that it was going wrong, there was plenty of time for us to go and get somebody else and turn that about. That's the go- that's the going thing for me, kind of thing. The, the board didn't act quick enough at Lenin, didn't have the minerals to actually stand up and say, look, this isn't working. Because he said it previously, if I don't think this is working, I'll be the first man to say, right, this is not working, I'll go. And he held on his fingernails, whether it was for a payoff, as some people say, I don't know, but... Mm-hmm. But even even so much so, Mark, like, how no one behind the scenes, not people looking in, but how no one behind the scenes realised, if, say, for example, they're talking to Edward and say, look, you're not going, we're going to keep you for this season, and you'll be able to go next season, or to Ire, you're not going, we want you, you're going to say, or whoever it was in camera, whoever I think was. maybe Peter... Would you kind of throw down a piece of Lord in Terence as well? It, it, I mean, yeah. it, could, it, could, it could have been his arrogance of going, you're not going anywhere, you're staying here. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you've got, no matter what way you put it, you've got unhappy employees in working mm-hmm. for you. And basically it doesn't matter whether they're greatest respect to Celtic Football Club or your own job or McDonald's. If, if someone is, for all intents and purposes, doesn't want to do their job right, they, they'll do everything in their power not to do the job right. Mm-hmm. They'll still, they're still going to get the wage at the end of the week in Celtic's yeah, case because exactly. they're not going to be fired. Paul, Paul, right? Paul came across a guy like out of Christmas here, didn't he, Paul, at your work? Mm-hmm. Oh, Actually, you were telling me, yeah. yeah. You were telling me about him. You know, like, like it's like, Mark, I remember when we had um, Jackie McNamara on the podcast and we were, we, we were kind of asking him about that and, and he said, like, that he had as well through his management and he said, like, if players don't want to be there, it, it's not a good atmosphere in the dressing room either. Like, and, and I think that was one of the the biggest mistakes by by Celtic and, and I think mostly by Peter Lawrence, these empty promises he was making. To, and it's not the first time, Mark, we saw Peter Lawrence doing this. We saw him doing it to Dembele. And look at the way Dembele left Celtic that time. Do you know what I mean? That was it. He left in bad terms. Edward left in bad terms. Oyer left in bad terms. Fair, Paul, as well. See when, when the summer window shut and Edward and I and that were still there. We were we glided. We were thanking Peter Lowe for for being ma- managing to talk them into their whoever mm-hmm. manager was talking in their ear. That we were we were we were delighted and we thought again this squad is a used to win. It's a team that's used to winning league titles. The quality of the squad again. You can maybe see why the board thought. That, Getting them out of the lane for 10, but it keeps him back to what I go about all the time, Paul. The bigger picture, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's not just like Ange himself, Mark. Like, we're looking at is like, the players he brought in. Uh, one player for me, and and, and Terence agrees with it, is, is Joe Hart, Vickers, you know, Kyogo. But Karen Vickers for me, like, is. What a signing he's been, and and and, and especially I'd, Joe I'd Hart. Have, I'd have Joe, I'd have Vickers probably as my player of the year, Paul, behind behind Ralston. But if Ralston's going to keep playing the way he's playing, mm-hmm. I, just mm-hmm. think, I just think Ralston kind of deserves that kind of final wee 
not that it matters who I've got a player of the year kind of thing, but just that's who I would go for, just to give him that wee kind of mental boost again to keep just doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Vick- Vickers and Joe Hart, Joe Hart especially has been a really, I've spoke about it before, Paul, even in the dressing room, his influence in the dressing room, other players have come out and spoke about it. He's a big character in that dressing room and probably part a big part of what Terence is talking about, that the team unit, the way they're all pulling the same way and kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, if you look at it as well, lads, it's something that you, I saw, you, you would, I would have seen in Martin O'Neill when Martin O'Neill came in. He basically went, and I said it before, he got the spine of the team right down the middle with like quality players. I mean, we got Joe Hart. There's Vickers. You like Beaton is like a new player, or Callum McGregor is in there, and you've got Kyogo front. So you've got three or four players there straight down the spine of the team that are making a massive difference and the team looks a completely different team it's like under Martin O'Neill's era where he came in and it was I think it was uh, Douglas and it was uh, Valharan he brought in Lennon he brought in Sutton I know he brought in Hartson as well but it's right down the middle of the team is getting that rock solid and then he's able to work off it left and right and I think that's a massive thing that Angels have to do and you look at the transfer window again He's only after again. He's adding to that again, and he's given himself more options and more choices. And like Joe, Joe Hart, Joe Hart and Vickers have been just absolutely sensational. The two of them, absolutely sensational for me anyway. What's what, what's been the highs, Mark, so far this season on Ranch? I know we the first trophy on on, on hand. We we won it. Uh, but is there anything else that stands out for you? Yeah, I think just the way he's trying to get a team to play, Paul. It really, it's some of the best football you've seen at Celtic Park for years. It really is, and just say by winning the winning the league, but probably the, the, the biggest high so far. But I'd say just even well, even just the feel good factor. It's a bit good to be kind of positive for a change after this. You know what I mean? The stuff we've been speaking about over the last few months, where it was all negativity through through Lenny, through the Eddie Howe saga and things like that. Mhm. Mhm. Too great, that turns. Yeah, I actually, it's the exact same thing as what Mark, I had it wrote down there, I said it's the most attractive football I've seen Celtic play in a number of years, in a number of years. And I, I think a big thing for positive, a highlight for me is Ange. And just Ange as a man, the way he deals with everything, the way he, he takes everything on, whether it's a stupid question from a reporter, like he's, he's got Celtic, Celtics um, true and true. And his whole thing is, as I said there recently, I saw a thing, he says he'll do everything he, he can to make basically defend Celtic in mm-hmm. every situation. And mm-hmm. just start, he's, he's he's starting starting to play the positivity like, terms, like it did, like what you're saying there, like he'd never come out and blame the players. Do you know, no. he takes that responsibility himself. Do you know what I mean? You know, like he doesn't single out no one. Every, everything is about a team, a team, a team. You know, there's no one singled out. And that's man management, like Terence said. This it is. It's it's it, it's massive, and it, it said it reminds me so much of the Martin O'Neill era. Mm-hmm. Martin O'Neill, Martin O'Neill was a great man manager, and as I said, look at Tony Ralston. Look at the way they got young lad is playing. He's he's playing phenomenal, and like he's his style and his style of play. It's like it's it's so good. It's so energetic. It's so it's great to watch. I mean, and his transfers have been. The players he's brought in, whether he's brought them in or whether he's involved in bringing them in, he has to train them. He's coaching them along with the backroom staff. 
and like the players, look at Kyogo he brought in, Jota, Fickers. I mean, everything, everything that he does, he, it, it's done so so well. And like he can only he can only be applauded for uh, where where Celtic are at the minute compared to where they were this time twelve months ago. Mm-hmm. Any any laws mark for yourself? Hey, losing the Ibrox Paul. That was a mm-hmm. bit, that was a bit a bummer. Did it come a bit too soon, though, Mark? Because we still had Christie and we still had Edward in, in, in and around the squad that time. Players again who actually didn't want to be there, and we ended up playing Edward through the middle. But even, even at that, Paul, see if you sink back, see if you don't usually watch back the Peach, but if you sink back, eh, don't usually watch back defeats, I mean, no repeats. We, we, we made enough chances in that game that we could, we could have won that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and then when they moved Kyogo into the middle, it, it changed. They it looked a better team all round than that. So it was disappointing to lose here, obviously, but it's what it is, really, isn't it? You can't change it. But I thought, I, did, I was more confident than I had been in the last few Derby games, you know what I mean? We would go and do something in that one, but it wasn't AB. But well, that's so too in a few weeks' time, wouldn't we? I think it's um, one of my, my, my main concerns for Celtic at the moment. Uh, maybe it'll change now with, with the new signings coming in. Is uh, and, and Terence, you, you'll be in agreement here with me as well. And, and is how we struggle against eleven men behind the ball. Yeah, and that was actually that was actually one of my my the basically laws was basically we've lost five points to Livingston both home and away. Mm-hmm. And the re- and the recent game to St Mirren, that's another two points. That's seven points for six points behind in the league. Now, like we've missed a penalty in the game at home against Livingston. To to be fair, in the away game in both Livingston and St Mirren, I reckon if we were there till now, we wouldn't have scored because we looked we looked they, they were two very very poor performances during the season. But it is something, Paul, that I would definitely agree with. You is it's they need to they need to figure out a way of going. Okay, how are we going to when we play Livingston away, or we play St Mirren away, or we play whoever it is away, we know they're going to have eleven men behind the ball. What mm-hmm. are we going to do? How are we going to how are we going to break them down? And they like they all in the one the one thing that I found was was basically constant in those two or three games is was the pace we played at. It yeah. was it was walking pace in those in in those, in those three games. Whereas the last game against St Johnson before the break, the ball was whipped zipping all over the place, and they tore St Johnson apart. And mm-hmm. you know, so it's a huge difference when they can do it. Like, thing when we see like we're, kind of, we're talking about uh, Yota, Kyogo, and then adding the guys like Maida and that into the team. I think once we come up against these teams in future, it's they, these players, it's their movement. Their movement's going to be the key. Their movement and their kind of passes about the box and things like that. I think that's going to be the kind of key to breaking down these teams that park the bus. But we do need to find a way to do it. Because it's not even under Ange. You think back, we even struggled with Brendan Rodgers to do that. Because Brendan Rodgers, <laughs> Brendan Rodgers was on kind of single-minded way as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, if somebody just twigs away to play against you, these other coaches are going to pick up on it and just do the exact same. I think the the, the main point there, Mark, that the terms are saying, and, and you said it as well when we run the the live chat on the forum, is like. There was very similarities to last season when when we came up against Liverpool. Like the pace was just way off. Like it was nothing 
to where we should have been. Like, and Ange came out and said that as well, like a few times that the pace wasn't the way he wanted it, you know. And is that the players, though, Mark, themselves, like going back to playing like last season against these teams? Like, is it a physical thing in, in their head, maybe, that they, they were at a slow pace? Or what are they overthinking the ball or something, you know? Well, that's that again, Paul. For me, that's reminiscent of like Brendan Rodgers. Mm-hmm. All the beat, pa- pointless passes. You get what mm-hmm. I should be trying to, for me, right, I know they, they say, pass the ball about and try and draw the team out. If you're playing Livingston, you're, no, you're not going to draw them out. They're just quite happy to let you, you sit back and let your central defenders just pass the ball about. Left and mm-hmm. right, two and three foot passes and things like that. So, as I say, it just seems to be... Because we thought it was like put a big kind of a big forward up there and, and we thought Gia Marcus was uh, was the answer uh, there but, but he yeah, has really can, but he hasn't kind of turned out the, 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 the player mark that, that we, we expect him to be really has he? I think he, well, he's, in, he's obviously injured so we'll never we'll not really know but he didn't really show much before that either didn't he know? No Hopefully once he's fit and back in training get back to I mean Mikey raved about him didn't he mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and again people are, are, people are saying oh, there's only a one hit wonder now I don't can you be the top goal scorer in Holland if you're only a one hit if, get what I mean you, you mm-hmm. don't end up the top goal scorer in Holland just be, be pure luck oh, do you know what I mean mm-hmm. you've got to have something about you another um, content sorry sorry the only thing I was going to say and, and the Jay Marcus one there as well Paul in, in the game against Livingston as well in fairness to the guy we're pumping a ball into the box to him and we're allowing three Livingston defenders, def- defenders to mark him. Do you know it, And like... Well, that's were, what I was saying li- about the, the likes of... Um, and the likes of Tomble and, and Roger that, that... And he said it as well, like that they can't play together and they're not supporting Gia Marcus in the, in the area. Like he's up there, as you said, their terms. He was marked by three men. Tomble and Roger or, or even Yasha or Cal McGregor has to be in there to yeah, take defenders Cal, away from him. That's what I keep saying about Cal McGregor, Paul, playing that deeper role. We know he can have these shots for distance and that. He should be up there sniffing about in the 18-yard line looking for knock, knockbacks and things like that. And it's something he's not done for a couple of years now. <laughs> I, I, I'm, not I know bl- I'm not putting all the blame on McGregor for that. No, definitely no. no but, I actually... I know it's a horrible thing to say that the players injured and stuff like that, but I'm actually a bit pleased that one of them is injured, that we have Mida coming in and one of them is injured, so we can actually put Mida straight into one of those positions. You know? I think he's going anywhere, Paul. I think that as well. I said that the last time. I think Mida's the only one that you could actually... I expect him to start against Tibbs. I wouldn't say the same about the other two. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another major concern for me under range is a lack of fitness really that the, the amount of injuries were, were picking up under him for his intense training and I know it, it'll improve over time like but she's they're, they're dropping like flies turns aren't they but they are but it's the, the thing about it though Paul is it's like Ange is saying like if you look at the crux of the team the majority of them have to play every single game mm-hmm. and it's and it's like you're like when they were when they were with the European games and then the league games and then the European games and then the league games because Celtic have to start so early. Like, the the time for recovery for their bodies is so, so, so small. 
and uh, like you're you're asking you're asking you're asking guys to to and obviously his Angus game is intense and high pressure and it's non-stop going and I and I think as we all know from playing whatever sports we would have played at younger it's when you get fatigued and when you get tired the tendency is you're you kind of you you're I won't say lazy but I can't think of the right word but the tendency is you you get the injury a lot e- a lot easier than you would when you're bouncing fit and you're you're flying it, and I I just think it's I just think it's the case that players have so many miles on the clock, so to speak, so to speak. Like you've got guys going away playing international rugby as well. Kyogo, mm-hmm. for example, as they said, he's nearly played over twelve months nonstop. Mm-hmm. So do you know it's 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 a huge, and that's why it's great to have these guys these guys coming in, and 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 I I I no, I definitely get your point, Paul, on the fitness and certain aspects. I definitely would say all the players are very fit. I just don't think some guys have the same stamina as other guys. I don't mm-hmm. like, I, I would have said I don't think Turnbull has the best engine in the world. But it's not it's not that he won't try, he just mightn't be able to get back. The same as in certain incidents, uh, Taylor mightn't be able to get back. It's not that he isn't trying to get back. It's just mm-hmm. he may not have that. He may he may not have the engine or the gas to get back. You know, you but as, as we get the going forward, so like under uh, Ange, like with with these new new signings coming in, Terence, the the likes of these players we say: Tomble, Forrest, McCarthy, Taylor. Uh, we 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 could we could put Zara in there like that. They mightn't be part of Ange's long-term plans, considering the way he wants to play. Um, I would, I wouldn't say Turnbull, and I wouldn't say Taylor. Um, the others, the others are debatable. I, I think Turnbull is. I think Turnbull will still be there. I mean, he's going to. He, he's, he's, he does okay in games. We, we did discuss it. He, he needs to be more regularly a six and a, or a seven every week rather than being an eight and a two. Mm-hmm. So, so consistency, like with, yeah, with, with big time. But I, but I think Turnbull and Taylor would definitely still be well in the frame, Paul. Mm-hmm. Sorrow, I, I can't see him even being here after January. For um, regards to the other two, the other two lads who you mentioned, sorry, McCarthy. I don't know whether he's he seems to be struggling badly with fitness. So I, I, I don't know. Well, but it does, it doesn't, it doesn't bode too well for McCarthy if Ange is bringing in an, a, a, a basically a holding midfielder. Is it? If they're if he's bringing him in, he's not going to be bringing him over for Japan for a trip. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he has he obviously has in his head that he thinks oh, I'm going to be playing this guy here or I'm going to be playing that guy there. So maybe he doesn't. He's got beat on, and maybe he says, "I oh, have got beat on. I don't want McGregor back, going back there. I can bring this lad in, and he can play there as well." And it just pushes McCarthy further down the line because maybe he just thinks that McCarthy isn't able to last the pace. Mm-hmm. You know, Mark. I don't know. Well, I I agree with, no, I agree with that. I've championed McCarthy for signing for signing for his, but he's, he's another one that's not really turned up at all. It's like Gia Marcus, he's just been non, basically non-existent. I mean, but it's, don't, it's get, I mean, I thought he played, don't get us wrong. I thought the last game that McCarthy did play, I thought he played well. Mm-hmm. But I remember Terence when you were on the podcast with us and. You said like, and and it's true what you said like, that it's no coincidence that 
Giamakis, McCarthy and Forrester picking up these injuries or haven't been able to get match fit is because there were three players really who had no pre-season. Yeah. And you know, McCarthy caught COVID, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did, yeah. So, you know, it's... And listen, to be, at, to be at that level, it was never even near that level, but to be at that level and you hear people like, from our point of view, you'd hear Liam Scales coming out and saying how much of a shock to the system it was, or even Irrigidi, yeah. I saw an interview of him going, he just couldn't get over the, the, the what the expectation in the train, in the train and let alone. So, I mean, it's, it's, nothing, a, it's nothing that Angie, Angie spoke about this, so there, Brian Tita as well, talking about Turnbull's injury, what Angie was saying, he also said, I know that he thought that, yeah, where was it he said that, uh, fatigue and uh, and tiredness, and all of a sudden he's out for a few weeks and a few months. Well, like, no, it's you know? a jab or a job. He's said that she I think long term and intensity will pay off and benefit us. Uh-huh. The larger squad will help as well. But Ange just came out and said that he's kind of used to this. And we spoke. I said this as well, Paul, before Ange even took his first training session. I think didn't I? I expected mm-hmm. a lot of the players to be picking up a lot of injuries because they just. The lack in the standards of training things like that, this was just going to be a massive, massive shock to their system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for this bit, we're talking about strolling about the park and that, there was this, that was getting right out the window. He wants his players to be running for the 90 minutes. See on mm-hmm. our first training video, Paul, we don't stop. Mm-hmm. That was his, we don't stop. We stop at half time, stop at 90 minutes, but that's it. We don't stop. And just about, yeah, I mean, yeah. guys like James Forrest that have had injury problems over their years and that, I think about, I mean, that's going, he's probably sitting there after the first few training sessions blowing out his arse. Well, it's going to be interesting though with James Forrest because uh, the pictures came out of the, the training session there, Mark, uh, yesterday and stuff like that. Julian is back training with the squad. Uh, young Camigo Dembele is back training. James Forrest was back training. It'd be very interesting to see how far James Forrest can play and, and how long he actually stays fit without picking up an injury in this. Oh, I've said this as well to you before, but I don't know if I've seen it in the podcast. I, I just I don't see James Forrest as a first team choice at Celtic anymore. For me mm-hmm. he's going to be a he's going to be like like Beaton. He's going to be a squad player. You know what I mean? He'll be like if Abada uh, Maida to but if they need a rest, Forrest will come in or he'll come mm-hmm. on as a sub and things like that. I just think James Forrest is going to struggle to the kind of Celtic, I mean, I've gave him pelters for years, you know that, Paul. But when you look at his stats, you can't. Oh, I don't understand. I know, can't man, argue. I know. He's Celtic true and true, like man. You oh, want to see me, but you know what I mean. But as Celtic supporters, like you, we're, we're taking about the squad, like you know what I mean. And no, I just, don't, if, I just don't see him being a first choice pick any any longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, considering how well we're playing under Ange and. And the players he's brought in have settled in uh, nicely, and our three new signings, Mida, Hayida, and Gucci, have all joined. What's the expect expectations for the rest of the season, Terence? Yourself, like you know, what I mean, uh, the expectation is win win the league. That's mm-hmm. my expectation. Any anything else, the Conference League and the Cup and everything else. If they get if they get if they win the cup or they get a great run in the Conference League or any of that, that's that's a bonus. But for me. Priority is to win the league. I wrote down a, a piece there, right? Just, just to, to what you're saying, Terence. Like the Ange Hoymoon paired as well over, and the Celtic fans have taken Ange to their hearts already. Reading the first cup off for grabs, now with the Scottish Cup and League Cups and 
Conference League underway. Like, how much like we've taken to Ange, and if we don't win the league this season, like, is it a free ride for Ange this season, considering the way we won the summer? Mm. Or, like, do we expect him to win the league, like, considering we're Celtic I, Football Club, you know? I think people, I think people's expectations uh, increased dramatically after a period of time with Ange. And, like, come at this stage now, if you had said three or four months ago, the expectation would have been quite low to win the league. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot more expectation in people to win the league. And I think the fact that it's it now seems more more realistic that Celtic could win the league. Maybe at the start of the season, you'll be saying it's not realistic for us to win the league with the team we have or with the squad we have or with the way the club was. But now, and the way they've done the business, getting the players in early, they're looking to sign this this Australian guy as well. Riley um, Malley? Yeah.
Scotland really between Celtic and Rangers? Mm-hmm. And I think too, like, gone how... Just to say, I wouldn't be wanting him, Paul. I'd be quite uh, I'd keep love it and that. And I'd, I'd, be, I'd be more confident that we'll win the league next year. Do you get what I mean? Because because of what Andrew's doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I'd be pissed off, to be honest. Like, well, no, I'd like, be pissed uh, off, yeah, but you I won't be calling for his head because I look at the longer time. That's what I'm saying. Terms of the terms, he'll be pissed off and scunnered as well if he don't win the league. Every Celtic fan would be, but it's how you how you react to it. Because you could see the long mark, like it's kind of it's a it's really advantage us because uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is only in the door and Rangers kind of still have to settle. To his new system that he wants to play because I I, I, I really don't think his ideas have. I see, new, I see Newcastle are looking at Morelos. <laughs> yeah, again. Did you, yeah. See, did you see that in Twitter, on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Newcastle are looking at saying Morelos with the money they've got. Come on. You're not, not think they're in enough trouble already, like. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Do you know what the main thing, like, like find surprise is that Stephen Gerrard has it coming for one player. Yeah. Why would doors yet. Well, that's what I'm saying, yeah, because he signed these players and yet he, and he didn't come in for one of them, you know. And then you see all the papers there, oh, Stephen Gerrard would wait at the end of the season to sign these players, and, but he won't go near those signings, you know. The only oh, ones he'd really see him go near, I'd say, is Kamara. They were all thinking it would be a favour. It was because when Brendan Rodgers went to Leicester, you think, well, Brendan Rodgers could do us a favour, like, by Callum McGregor for £50 million. That's the kind of way they thought. Stephen Gerrard would just walk into Aston Villa and say, right, I want to buy Ryan Kent for £30 million just to help Rangers. Mm-hmm. God, that's not how football works. I mean, that's crazy that Stephen's think doing that kind of road. Mm-hmm. For a start, uh, Stephen Gerrard, be folk, I mean, Aston Villa directors of football and recruitment and things like that, be, or maybe we watched him in that and shite, we're not signing him for £2 million, never mean 20 30 Exactly. Uh- Looking outside Scotland, or like we're still in Europe now in, in the lower conference league, like Terence, would you like the club to, to have a good run in Europe, or would you like maybe stay out and concentrate in the league? Or, oh no, I listen, I think, um, winning, winning, winning breeds, you know, it's a good it's a good mentality to get ball no matter what you're in, mm-hmm. whether it's a cup, whether it's a cup, whether it's the conference league, it's the league, if you keep winning. You get a winning mentality into a team. You get a winning mentality into a squad, and that that's huge. You you don't want to be kind of going well. It's okay if we lose that game, but we have to try and concentrate on winning this game. And if we lose that game, I just think you need to go out with the mindset of winning the game, and obviously doing everything, pre- preparing right, and doing everything properly to make sure that you do win the game. And listen, I don't I don't think Ange strikes me as a man that has ever gone into a game with the mentality of it, uh, the game doesn't matter if we lose this. So I, I I just think winning winning breeds winners, and if they can do that and keep on the winning, it just builds your it builds your momentum, it builds your confidence, it builds your everything. You you nearly you nearly feel like you're invincible if you keep winning and keep winning and keep winning and keep winning. And it's in times, Paul, where you are playing against a Livingston or a St Mirren or teams that are backs to the wall. If you've won seven or eight games in a row, whether it's in Europe or it's a cup game or it's a league game. You you know you have the mentality go we can still win this we can still win this we can still win this I think it's huge winning just just keep winning keep winning keep winning. Mm-hmm. Mark, would you agree that I would like to see us have a good run in the in the Conference League and, and go as far as we can? 
Oh, definitely. Cairns said it's a tournament we're playing in, so why no? I mean, mm -hmm. people kind of looking down their nose in it and things like that, but when we get popped out the Champions League, Paul, Celtic fans look down their nose at the Europa League. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not buying tickets to that, I'm paying this for a season. But Celtic Park sold out for every European game. Mm -hmm. And see, mm -hmm. even this one, this the fan, it'll be sold out again, Paul, and the fans will be there and have a great time. Mark, sorry there, uh, just news coming up there that Celtic have rejected three bids for Ozaza Yorhidi from two championship clubs. Hmm. Well, loans, loans are to buy, Paul. Lo, lo, loans are one buy. Two loans and one buy. The same as well, that Udinese, they're not letting go with Welsh. They're still trying to... They're still mm -hmm. just trying to get a deal done for Welsh this summer, this, this summer, this window as well. I would like to sell... I, I wouldn't sell Welsh. No, no, no chance. No, no. You know, and for me, I, I wouldn't sell Yorahidi either because what we were looking at, well, Mark, when myself and you were saying, like, there's kind of no physical aspect in the team. Like, and, and you look at Yorahidi, he, he's a bit of a brick, and maybe uh, Ange actually see something in him now, Mark, that he doesn't want to let him go, you know? Well, it must be. Okay, I'll take it and see the way things are looking for. I think I'd be kind of decision like that is coming down to Ange unless it is a cra like a crazy offer of millions for somebody like Welsh or that but it never came out what, what was the, the figure for Welsh million it was a lot to buy was it oh. and it was two million a two million fee I think uh, two million euros Paul yeah it's that about and this is a fella like who's breaking into our first team like do you know what I mean and, I, think he's know, a, I think he's a great young player Paul Welsh honestly and mm -hmm. He seems to carry himself well. You never hear it. I've never heard any see like bad stories or gossip or anything like that about him. He just seems like a right level headed it's, lad. It's, it's, it's good too, Mark, that like what you were saying there, like that we we have no like like before Peter Law would just see the money and he'll sell the player. Do you know? Uh, he, aye, he, he, aye. Do you know what I mean? That that that, that, that no, we're not selling. Young players, we're, we're trying to keep our young players, and that's what Celtic have to do: is, is keep our young players and get them coming into the the first team. And uh, this year, more than most, I know we had to because of injuries and stuff like that. But I never saw a manager that had to play so many youngsters and 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 the youngsters being able to deal with stuff uh, in in the first team. You know, two things, Paul. We Bobby Sutherland, and good thing you call us Bobby. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burroughs Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. 
Welch, Welch as well though, Paul, is basically living every fan's dream in the stand. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. he he's obviously Celtic lad all his life, and he he's probably remembers when he was going to matches and he was watching, and now he's in the middle of the pitch and he knows that I'm living all my mates' dreams, probably my family, my friends, guys I mean, in the stands. Look, you know, guys, it's huge. Look, like look at guys like Callum McGregor that's been there all his, all his days. Guy was yeah. a young lad in that. Stephen, well, I'm see if Stephen Will stays at Celtic. I can honestly see him becoming a future captain. Mm-hmm. Where does he fit now, though? Like, where does the pecking think, order go now with, 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 with the centre-backs, with Julian me, coming back? Well, I, I see, that's a bit of, not a problem as such, but it kind of puts another option on the table. But for me, eh, the new Stephen, although Julian's fit, he'll maybe, he'll maybe be able to play a lot of games and he'll still maybe need a bit of work that way. For me, Stephen Welsh is your main backup centre-back, Paul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've got... I mean, he's even he's played well in Europe and things like that as well. But every confidence I speak about all the time against these kind of lower league teams. We were talking about playing Livingston and St. Martin, two teams that aren't going to do much attacking. Stephen Welsh is going to learn to play the Celtic way in the kind of games. Mm-hmm. And, and, and still, he'll not be he'll not be tested much in the, in defence. He's actually le- learning more playing the game than is actually working. If you know what I mean. Is mm-hmm. I'm going to push on to maybe next season and next season I'm going to expect uh, Bosman Law to be in around the first team Mark you know and I'd be more I'd be more inclined for, for Celtic to work with Bosman Law than, than Welch that'd be that, that, that'd be my opinion for what I know of, of Bosman Law do you know what I mean and how physical he is, like you know what I mean, and he'd be more a first choice for me. Bosman Law is only 20. But is he not more of a holding midfielder, though? No, no, he's a centre back. He was a holding midfielder, but he pushed into centre back under Celtic. He's playing centre back now to course, he got injured. Well, in two or three years' time, Paul, maybe Welsh will be first choice, and that boy will be. The backup yeah, number three I, choice, I, I, a, a, I, I, for, a progression for a progression pull. I was looking there, like, and uh, at, I, I was looking at the the Colts uh, team there before before we came on, like, and like we've some great players like to come into the to come into Celtic, and it's actually uh, good for a, a young Celtic player to be involved with Celtic at the moment. To have a manager like Ange who, who who will give young players a, a chance, Mark. Oh, that's a kind of dream, Paul. Into the way of yeah. we kind of you're not considering we want to miss Rogers, Mark. I mean, Rogers won't look at him. Neil Lennon won't look at him. You know, I, I think the main disappointment from for, for me with the young players is is the Dembele situation because there's. There's definitely th- a talent there, Mark, and... But I think, Paul, that injury kind of messed that up. I think he'd have a lot more game I think, time. Yeah, I think he would have been playing, injured. Mark, especially with, with a bad kind of been off form as well. Then better could have been playing there, you know? I mean, you know? hopefully the wee guys, youngsters, uh, the wee guys' advisors are saying the right thing, Paul. Because mm-hmm. injury obviously has affected him. See if Van said to him, look, you'll get game time under me. Right, but Lennon told him that, but as I've said, Paul, I wouldn't have, if, even if I was managing Celtic last season and we were struggling, I wouldn't have threw, threw them belly in 
a player that a young guy that'd been hyped up as much as he had, and then you're throwing him into that team as if this this young guy's going to be the saviour of your season. That was a bit of, a bit out. I would deal any due for that. I wouldn't have took took that risk either, putting that weight on a young lad's shoulders. Uh, but I'm hoping that Angus and his advisors are saying to him, look, you were injured. We couldn't play you because you were injured, sir. Oh. He's even saying, even to try to get him, even just maybe a two-year contract or something like that, Paul. Mm-hmm. And then offer him a new, see, like in a year's time, if he's getting plenty of game time, he'll be happy enough to sign an extension to that. Mm-hmm. But he has to be positive as well, though, Paul, because he has to look at and say, OK, look, yeah, he did play. He has given Montgomery games. He has given Stephen Welsh games. He has given Moffat a chance. He has brought guys in, young guys. He's brought Toby involved in the squad. And so, he, like, if you're Dembele from the outside looking in, so to speak, on an injured, but that, you, yeah, exactly, you, have, yeah. you have to see that, OK, this guy, unlike Lennon, who might have said he will give me a chance, this guy is shown he's given young lads a chance. Dan Murray started it. In, the, in the, one of the Europa League games, yes, a lot, a lot of good defender we have in our ranks yeah. as well. Terence, did young yeah. Dan Murray? I know, you know, I know, we might have been, we might have been short on numbers, but he was still, he was still confident enough to, to, to give right. these guys games. You know what I mean? So if you're, if you're, if you're young Dembele and you look at these guys that are being given a chance, you have, to, you maybe say to yourself, you look, yeah, I, I, like Mark said, I will, I'll sign a, I'll sign a. a Two years, and sure they can always have these clauses that if he doesn't get X, Y, and Z after one year, he might look to go out on a loan or whatever it is like. But mm-hmm. hopefully he does sign, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so moving on, uh, we asked our forum page to, to to come up with questions, and so we said we discussed them on the podcast. Uh, and of course, if you guys in the live chat want anything discussed, uh, just just post them and, and we'll get around to them. The first post came up from Ken. He just. I'm okay. going to say that, Paul. Just say you're going to do a separate podcast all about that. The young mm-hmm. Irish players will do that even yeah. during the week. Yeah, I have that. I have that in my notes. Yeah, uh, it's Ken. Like uh, he said, he said, uh, I kind of agree. Uh, I kind of agree with Ken here. We seem to be bringing in a lot of options in centre midfield. Uh, Cal McGregor surely will get to start, but the positions available are becoming slightly inflated. We have Roger Tomble, Hayese McCarthy. Zaro, Gucci, Bison, all competing for, for the main positions. Uh, who fits in? Who drops out is, is, is what he's asking here. Uh, or who do we sell here? Mark? Uh, well, Soro. I don't think Soro's got any future with Celtic. I can see him. I think he'll be away this, I think win, this window. For, there's, 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 that, but... there's teams from Israel, Turkey and uh, the MLS, I think, looking at Zaro. Anyway, so I think he'll be gone. No, and it's a place here, Mark, but we spoke about it, Mark, and we just said he's too hot head. You know, he just that that's his just main problem, ain't he's too he's too hot head. That seems to be happening. He just runs about with a headless chicken. But and see see what we saw you made we were talking about it, Paul, the European game that he got booked early doors. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. So he basically I mean he was walking a tight rope for the rest of that game and he done it. So you know that he can he can you get what I mean, he can rein drain himself in and it's like he's trying to make uh, a big impression, though, because he was getting so little game time. To, about maybe trying too hard in that terms. Yeah, it was like literally going, "Okay, I'm playing. I have to be unbelievable here today. I mm-hmm. mightn't get another game. I mightn't get another game for five or six games. So I have to be all over the place. I have to be flying into tackles. I have to be doing everything. And and that's and that's the impression that he gave me when he was on, like, because he would he'd make ta- he'd make a tackle for a ball if you're going, even if you were standing there, pal. There's no way you're going to win that, like. 
Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a, it was kind of a crazy tackle, and you're kind of going, whoa, what, what, like, what are you doing? That's just, he it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. Like, Terrence, didn't he? he went to ground for every yeah. tackle as well, didn't he? And, like, and I, and I think it's like what Mark said there, Paul. Like when he came in under Lennon, he got a run of games, so he was in the team every week. So he was mm-hmm. an expectation of himself was, I'm in the team every week, I'm in the team every week, I'm in the team every week. All of a sudden, then you're gone out of the side, mm-hmm. and you're not in it for weeks. And then you do get a chance. And, you know, it's literally it's literally like, I have to grab this chance. If I blow it, I'm gone for another five or six weeks. And why I just think he, he was trying too hard. Like. Why, why, why do you think he hasn't fit into Andrew's system, though? Because if you look at the, the three of them there at the moment, like you have Zorro, McCarthy and Bison, he, for me, would Terence is the only one really suited for Andrew's system is because he's fast in the legs as well. You know, how, how do you think he hasn't fitted into Andrew's system? just think it's he's a little bit probably reckless and mm-hmm. and you must see something in training to be honest paul beaton has been absolutely unbelievable mm-hmm. in that position this season mm-hmm. he's beaton is a fellow that he doesn't look like he's quick but he seems to cover the ground yes he, he that, obviously uh, he, he reads he, the game, he, he the game he, very he, well it's a, he's one of the players he knows where the ball's going to end up so he gets there before he actually needs to run if, uh, that's yeah. okay then that's the best way he Explaining it's that. experience, Mark. Aye, aye. It's experience that Bison is using his experience of the game and, 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 and that's able to like better his lack but, of I mean, that's, I mean, that is down to Ange 100 mm-hmm. million percent of the Beaton's resurgence. That's the right word, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. It's down to Ange because he must have seen him in training and said, Wait a minute, why is he, why if I get him down here as a centre back? When, do you get what I mean? I played him at centre back know the best let's just say and then he's playing playing like maybe his natural position in training and he's just showed up that well and even in games just tell him say he's beat on this season playing at central defensive midfielder it's been like a new signing you could nearly oh. count on one hands the amount of mispa- misplaced passes he's given every time he gets the ball he turns he looks he passes and he does the simple things really really well he doesn't try anything he can't do he doesn't try oh, something. Well, well, apart from some of his free kicks there. Well, okay. Some of like, well, his free look, kicks are a bit, a bit Ryan Christie, shall well, we say? <laughs> well, the the free the free kicks in general in the team are woeful, to uh, be honest. But I, I, I get know. I get your point with the all the all Ronaldo style run up and lash the ball and see what happens. As uh, free kicks aside, which is a very fair point, his general play this season has been has been exceptional. And to go back to your point, Paul. I just, I just think Ange obviously has looked at Sarah, and he's thought this guy is an accident waiting to happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, at times like you know, it's kind of getting Mark to to a stage you now where it, it it's impossible to pick your your three midfielders. Isn't this the amount of players we have coming in now for that position? No, I don't. I actually predict who's going. The only one I'll predict to playing Paul really is McGregor. Mm-hmm. Because I mean we've, we've spoke about it like Maida and that we don't even actually know where he's going to fit these guys into the team. I mean people are seen playing Maida through the middle, but then what do you do with Kyogo? I don't. I don't think Maida is going to play right through the middle. I think that's going to be Kyogo, and I think Maida's either going to be on on the right or in Roderick or Tomble position I, th- that's, I, think that's, I think it's more likely going to be in the right Paul but we'll wait and see mm-hmm. I mean would you just 
Drogic to Maida. Because that's basically what we're going to have to do, no matter who it is. We're, we're talking who's... Somebody... The players that are I can, that I, I, team I, 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 I think, uh, I think um, with Andrew's system, he needs his Rodjick to, to pick out these passes for the likes of Mida and Kyogo, Mark. I, I think Rodjick has to, has to play, like, you know? Yeah. So you're saying McGregor and Rogic. Yeah, and I think Eliducci uh, El, 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 will be the centre in the centre we're beat on his No, when we look but at him, I, I sent you a link the other day, Paul, and seen that the other Japanese boy, Hayate, is it you call yeah, it? Yeah, Hayisa, right? He's an attacking midfielder. But if you look at Hayisa last season, Mark, in, in Japan, it was all the left. He, he, played, really, he played left wing. Yeah, he, he played, played left wing. So, Andrew so that's what Andrew said, Paul. Yeah, terms. no. And said he's attacking midfielder. He's used as attacking midfielder. But I still think, Mark, and being Ange, I, I, I still predict that Ahida will, will be on the left wing. I you think know? the three Japanese boys will be left, 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 middle and right on the mm-hmm. next game. That's what I predict. Assuming Jot is not fit, honestly, I would I would have to, I think the front three will be those three boys. Mm-hmm. It will be Ahida, Kyogo and... Like, it's um, going to be interesting, like, because if we're saying he's going to be on the left wing, like in, in the left back position, Ahida, if he's going to be playing that position, right... Like, what's happened with Ivanovic and Madison then? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a big, like, we've... One of them's going to be right back, the other's going to be left back. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Ivanovic is probably going to be left back, and Radisson's going to be right back. That Hayata fella's going to be left left wing or whatever, where Jota's position, if Jota's obviously not available to play. That's mm-hmm. what I reckon. Yeah, I think he played there as well, yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, moving on, uh, Tony Boy said... Um, what players do we think will be sought in January, and um, how many do we expect to leave? Like we we've a squad, Mark. What did you what did you say, Mark, to the day of thirty five? Went it, Paul. Thirty five players, thirty five players. Like you know, I think yes, he would have been gone, definitely, Mark. Only for his injury, I think we're going to find it very hard now to to get rid of a yesy. Barkas, I think it's the main three that we said, Mark. Barkas, the yesy. And thing and, and a few young players be going out the door like uh, Liam Shaw has joined. Uh, there'll, be players, there'll be young players that'll get the door on loan and things like that. But I think that's the main thing that we need to try and in uh, bowling goalie as well. Goalie, yeah. You know, I said um Terence a good thing on there last week. Um you, you might have heard because you listed that, I, that it'd be good for Mickey just, Johnson to go. Just in long. case you missed that Terence Paul said a good thing. <laughs> How's that for self promotion? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, I said that was on, good thing the other week. <laughs> it was on page 220. I am, you want to see my notes? <laughs> you know? I was raging. <laughs> oh man, I still have my notes. I wrote out every single thing. But I went back over last week's notes as well to make sure I had it right. But it would be good for Mickey Johnson to go out and load, wouldn't it? Get some game time behind him and, and stay fit for the rest of the season. Instead of, because... Mickey Johnson, no, for me, is is dropping out of the first team if Hayes and Yasha and, and, yeah, and the players come in, they're going to be there. He's been pushed in the pecking order a bit again as well now, isn't he, with the new signings? I get right, Paul. It would probably be best for Mickey Johnson to get him loan. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't they send him down to England or just another SPL team. Like that, uh, a, a, a wee toughen up. 
for if it's serious that we're in for that boil, but I'm you know if I want three million pounds kind of get my toe. I wouldn't spend that kind of money on them at all. But see if we can get him for a, like a kind of nominal kind of fee or better fee than that. Throw a Mikey Johnson in for a six month loan, maybe even an eighteen month loan. Mm-hmm. I was I was surprised, Mark, if Celtic were interested in him. Why did I'm taking the same? I don't see it. Surely, 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 Henderson transfer as 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 part payment to go. Okay, we'll give you Henderson and X X Y Z money. Like if they were really interested in him, it doesn't make sense for them to transfer Henderson to or uh, to to Hibbs and 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 then and then money on somebody. And they go, we'll pay you three million for Boyle. That does, it does. I don't know. It, it doesn't look as good business to me. Like, but I the don't story, know. the story with Boyle. Excuse me. The story with Boyle first came out when Lennon was here. It was because mm. Lennon knew him through their Hibs time, and he was probably apart from like young boys at Nisbet and Portis. Their young players, Boyle was probably like their star man at the time, and, and Celtic did try to sign him then when Lennon was here, and it just didn't happen. I, I just think it's lazy. I think it's lazy. I take back. I don't, like, I, I don't take back because he's he's twenty nine now, Mark, and he's aye, in his peak years aye. now. Like, and is he really going to come in and like we could you could be looking at the same scenarios uh, as James Forrest? Is he ever going to a peak in fitness now? Do you get me? You know, under under Ange, you know. Unless and, and I mean, like, I mean, if it's only if it's only going to be a squad player, he's going to get a heavy height in his wages at Celtic. If he's happy enough to do that kind of thing, it's maybe. Uh, maybe a kind of Johnny Hayes, super Johnny Hayes type of signing. Do you know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. just happy enough to come to Celtic and David and but David their best when they're called upon kind of thing. But I can't I just I can't see any, any real substance in that rumour about Boyle. I really can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was from um, uh, Deep Riverboy and I've decided to uh, do a sep- separate podcast of this because I think it's very interesting. Uh, he asked us to read an article by an Irish journalist called Kenny's Kids and I've read it and it, it's long so I, that's why I decided to do a separate podcast. It's about the upcoming talent of Irish youngsters uh, in the League of Ireland and Irish youngsters playing abroad in, 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 in England and I, for me like it's a no-brainer that we should be exploiting the Irish market considering Every young boy growing up's dreams of, of playing with Celtic Terrence, who probably dreamt of it, I dreamt of it. And there is young talent coming up in in the Irish market. And we, we've signed Johnny Kenny, who is actually on this list. Um, Scales was on this list. Uh, but like, Terence is on it, you know what I mean? Um, Ben was on it, the goalkeeper, Creven Kelleher was on it. like. It's definitely a market that that we should be exploiting more in this. Well, well, it it is Paul, but sometimes sometimes it can come come down to a little bit of um, I suppose arrogance that oh you can't sign a player from the League of Ireland they have to be rubbish. like the mentality that would be down in the the Premier League, a player from Scotland. Oh God, he, I don't know. He he he's probably not great to be fair. He plays in Scotland. Celtic have the same that same arrogance when it comes to sometimes looking at players in the League of Ireland and even players in the in the SPL itself. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's def, it's definitely it's def, like like I'm going off the off the off the point a little bit here, Paul. But like, who would have thought of who would have thought of going to Japan to pick players? Mm-hmm. No one, 
you would have everyone would assumed, oh god, there can't be much, they can't be great over there. But yes, look at Kyogo and hopefully the other lads coming in are, are the same thing. But yeah, there's 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 been there's been like Seamus Coleman is a, another great example of that. There was a rumor that he was to, to sign for Celtic and there was some argument over fifty thousand and he went to Everton instead. Look at mm-hmm. James Coleman now, like. You know, he was a he was, he was a yeah, sensational player. Like, you get Seamus, Seamus in him, calling you Seamus Terms. It's, it's just it's like a kind of snobbery. And I've said this yeah. before on podcast. If if a Scottish team like, uh, say Dundee United or Hibs, drew an Irish team in the in the European qualifiers, there's a good chance Irish team will beat them. Mm-hmm. Oh, big big time! If they drew if they drew a Dundalk or a Shamrock Rovers or one of them. I mean, you and they'd, Paul, you and they'd Paul do well, a, like you and Paul see a lot more Irish football than that in our day, sir. But for me, apart from Celtic Rangers, the majority of the Irish league isn't isn't much different in levels to like the lower the other SPL teams. If you have like Shamrock Rovers there, and you have Saint Pat's and Bohemians, Terence, like they'd give any team a good run in that Scottish Premiership at the moment, wouldn't they? Would, but a lot of people don't realize, Paul. There's a lot of those guys are full time professionals, like, yeah. That's yeah. their full. A lot of people assume, oh, it's the League of Ireland, oh, your man's a plumber, or he's a carpenter, or he's this and he's work. A lot of those guys, that's their job, like, same in mm-hmm. Dundalk. Dundalk yeah. had they're nearly their whole squad is professional, like, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's some of those guys are probably on more money than some of the, some of the guys are in, in the SPL, like, Livingston and St. Murray. I mean, these Irish teams would be confident to come up against your Livingston's and St. Murray's. Mm-hmm. Like a bit. qualified for the Europa League like there two seasons ago. Yeah, uh, you know? there was a there was another a separate post then that came up uh, about Johnny Kenny and it came up like is this uh, an Andrew signing or is it Dermot Desmond against go, dipping into the Irish market for for cheap option? That was on our banter page, and I, I had to reply back to it like I said like uh, Johnny Kenny came on the Celtics radar is when we were scouting scales. We, we weren't looking at it. When we were scouting scales, Shamrock Rovers played Saigo, and the Celtic scouts were so impressed by by Johnny Kenny, they put him down in the scouts' reports. And Ange read over the reports, and Ange told the scouts to keep an eye. Throughout the, it's like, we've been watching Kenny for since October. It was when we first came to our attention. Celtic have been watching him since October, and reports have been going back to Ange every month about Kenny. Uh, like, it's it's not just like, oh, we're signing another Irish tank mark again. Like, you know what I mean? He's being scouted. You have I, like I, a I system mark, you have scouts mark, the scouts are there. I've said to you that, Paul, as well, uh, Tommy Martin and Chris McCartney have been involved in that signing. Because mm. you're in charge of your youth players, you're in charge of your academy. You have like to mark so, so, you, you have to sign like everyone wants first team players, Mark, but you have to look at the benefits of the club and you have to bring in prospect players. Well, Do you I mean you have to bring in players? Just a, well, the, bigger, the bigger picture again, Paul. Mm-hmm. Well, sure, Paul, wasn't it only wasn't it only this year or a couple of weeks ago? Whenever everyone was saying that Celtic had no first, no oh, no exactly. strike in in the exactly. in the Colts team, no striker coming through. Yeah, we have a striker that scored seventeen goals in the League of Ireland last season for a team who was struggling, Sligo Rovers, Terrence. Oh, you know? yeah, exactly, and the, as, as Mark said, it's, there's no doubt that the the managers, the coaches of the the Coles team, they've gone to see him firsthand. They've been oh, in yeah. McIntyre was over there a, 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 yeah. a few times. Like they've scouted him, 
many like, times, like, you know. With the greatest respect, Dermot Desmond probably didn't even know who he is, and Dermot Desmond would have zero to do with it. Like, I know, I know. You know, that, but that's it's, it. Like, it, that, it's but just, that's, it's, that's it's come just back to, to what you're saying, like, is that, oh, he's Irish, that's Dermot Desmond signing again just because he's Irish. Like, Dermot Desmond's not going to watch enough football matches. And that's it, but it goes back to the, the, the arrogant side of things, Paul, that, oh, he's Irish, oh, he, he's League of Ireland, oh, it must be Dermot Desmond signed him in, he can't be, he can't be great. It'd be like you sent me for a player in, for argument's sake, in, 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 in the SPL, uh, who who's a, when Scott Brown was with Hibs, if there was a choice between going for Scott Brown when he was at Hibs, and for argument's sake, some fella who's played at Spurs, who, who wasn't great, and he was, possibly could go to Celtic. Everyone would be going, oh, you got to go for your man from Spurs. you got to go for your man from Spurs. Your man's only playing with Hibs. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, it's, there, there, there's, a huge, there's a huge arrogance there to go, you can't, he, he, plays with this, he plays in this league or he plays with that club. He can't be any good. She wasn't who aside from the league two or something. That time, scun, scun, scun 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 yeah. You know, I mean, look at Jamie Vardy. Look at Lubo. Look at Lubo. They're going to be in trouble now. He's out for the next eight weeks. Party. Party, is he? Yeah. I mean, look at Lubin Lubo saying. Was, was, wasn't he in French second division or something? Uh, but I think it was the second division. I'm not yeah. 100% Six. sure, but even the Six. papers were laughing. The papers were laughing at us for no signing. I think, Mark, he was John the one Spencer, player that. Yeah. I, t- I think yeah. he was the one player, Mark, that. Imagine if he had him in his prime. Like, what a player Maracic was, wasn't he? Well, even even knowing his prime, Paul, he was still some player really. Yeah. Early. It was yeah. The biggest thing about that is like why nobody else snapped him up before mm-hmm. Dr. Joe came in. I mean, we mm-hmm. were talking about earlier about when we made Jackie McNamara and Jackie McNamara said he's the best player he played with. And yeah. Jackie McNamara played with a lot a hell of a lot of good players. I, 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 that was the first that was the first name he named. Oh, he said, lads, he said like day we see this. 33-year-old, 34-year-old coming into the training session and the, the things he was doing in front of us, uh, like, we were like, uh, Jesus, it's like, who's, who's your man here? Like, you know, who do we have you here? Did, like, you know? You didn't know you didn't know whether he was right-footed or left-footed? Yeah, you know, and I think no, that's... No, that that, that, I know, Ter, that was the thing about it, wasn't it, as well? I mean, that's the yeah. thing, I mean, if you're... Most good players nowadays, if your right foot, your best foot, can still play a bit with their left, but Lubo could do everything with their foot. It didn't and make I, any difference. It didn't make any difference which foot it was in. And I think that's what I'm just kind of done as well, Mark, with Celtic, like like Copen, Kyogo, and hopefully the other three lads will come good like that. These are players that haven't been spotted in, in Europe just because they're playing in Japan. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know? It's all a bit of a risk, Paul, but to be honest, isn't mm-hmm. yeah, that's the that's the next question. Uh, Stubbsy has kind of Went on a bit of a rampage with, with <laughs> his question. So I need about 12 questions, so I, I kind of picked out the top five of them. Uh, he asked, like, if all of four, four Japanese players started, uh, will they be able to defeat uh, with the, the physical Scottish player? And what kind of style will, will we have going forward? Terence, I'll come to you on that. What do you think they'll be able to? The corporate, the physical side of, of the Scottish game? I, I, I think I said this before on it. I don't think for one second that Ange would bring in anyone that he doesn't think is able to cope with the Scottish game. I, I'm sure he's seen these guys 
in, in the flesh, he was there. If he didn't think that these guys would be able to mix it or handle it, handle the, the Scottish game, he wouldn't sign them. That that's my that's my personal opinion on it. Because Mead looks like some fellow out, uh, out of the Last Samurai or something. Uh, Mead Mead looks like he looks like a James Bond kind of, didn't he? The kind he of looks like not, the not key suited a James Bond film or that. You know the do you know the guy who used to throw the hat? Oh, yeah. I seen I seen something as well. It was a picture of the three the three the Japanese players coming out and see their hairstyles. Somebody put on it eighties, nineties, two thousands. Mm-hmm. One of them had her hair was like something for the 80s, one of them was like a re gelled number and that another one was just pure shaved. Well, that was quite funny. Mm-hmm. Mark, do you want to sorry? No, sorry, I just I just don't I just don't see I too much trust in Ange to think that he would bring in guys that they're they're going they're they're they won't be able to deal with the physical side. And listen, Paul, at the end of the day, once the physical side is fair, that's fine. If the physical side isn't fair, there's a, the referees will have to handle that as well, like you know. Mm-hmm. There's that mm-hmm. side of it as well, like mm-hmm. Mark. Oh, I totally so, agree with Terence. If, if Ange didn't think he could handle it, Paul, I don't think he'd be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next question he says, Ange has now exhausted his Japanese uh, pool of talent. Will he drop into the the Australian tag now as as we linked with the lads you saying Riley McGree? Uh, like, is is that the next area do you think Ange is moving on? Like, he, he has uh, spoken about the, the lad Riley for, for in previous, he tried to sign him actually for Yokohama, I was reading in previous uh, He tried uh, to reports. sign him a few years back, Paul. Yeah. He went to uh, Rouge, I'm sure he went something, I think it was Belgium. He's tracking for a long time, Mark, Ange's. I think, I think he was only a young lad at the time, maybe, yeah. when yeah. he went to Belgium, but... Again, Paul, it's what I've said as well. We're just relying on Ange for all these kind of things. It seems as if it's just Ange playing all the time. But Mark, is the, like, it's going back to Denmark, a point that you made, and you know, is it, 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 is that a bit of a concern, Mark? We're relying too much on Ange to make these signings as well as this. Aye, I, th- I, I think so, Paul. Because he, I mean, well, there the three Japanese guys. They're definitely Ange signings. This McGee, that's I'd say that's obviously Ange that's pushing that as well. As you said, he's been he's been interested in him for a while, but again, Paul, Ange shouldn't be having to do that. Yeah, I I actually surprised none of you put that down in your expectations for twenty twenty two as the uh, sports director coming into the club. I have that written down here, then, but I I didn't think you wanted to go through all that. No, yeah, that was one of my that was one of my low points. That there's still no director of football, still no head of recruitment, and still a lot of stuff off the field to be sorted out. Because, like, you're looking at their turns, like, you know what I mean? It's these are players that Ange knows, you know what I mean? That that fit his system, that they, they fit the way he plays. But what, like, it's true what Mark said, like, what if Ange leaves and we get a manager in that, and these players don't fit that system? You know, we're, we're back to square one, turns, aren't we? Oh, we listen. It's a hundred percent back to square one, and it's something we've discussed on numerous occasions on on the podcast, Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, it's just something that you hope that, for one reason or another, behind the scenes, that something is occurring. Because I said, no head of recruitment, no director of football, and obviously seems content not to have any of his own backroom staff. He's happy to work with what's there. Um, like shout so, out kudos to John Kennedy and Gavin Stratton 
Oh yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, Paul's buddy, and uh, <laughs> so like from 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 that side of it, you, you know, you just hope that something something has been discussed with Ange or Michael Nichols and whoever the, whoever the parties are involved in it, because it must be a case, Paul, that Ange is happy with the way things are at the minute. Because I I think if he wasn't, whatever about the head of, head of head of recruitment, he would definitely have his own guys in. If he if he wasn't happy, I I don't I don't. And because I like, don't, do you take no right? Like, do you, uh, just just put just put come back. Sorry, go on. Oh no, just what I'm going to say. It's, it's a bit of an anal an analogy, right? It's it's like if you you've been through this Paul decorating your house, but it's like if you first move into a house, you get what I mean. You, you mm-hmm. date it, you date it things and you batter and get it done yourself. But eventually, that like, well, we need to get other folk in to do this. Yeah, what I mean that you need to like. But Terms is saying you, there comes a point. Angie's going to say, but why am I doing a job with three people here? Mm-hmm. I'm like, scouting. I'm, I'm basically he's scouting. Obviously, it's getting held. I think one of the lads put a lock mark. Uh, on the last podcast on, on the live show, he said at the moment, Ange is the manager, direct footballer and head of recruitment. Ah, it's like it's like going back to you know, Arsene Wagner at Arsenal. Yeah, and Ferguson at Manchester. Ferguson at Manchester United. Man, like, man, I, I, I just I just want to put put something to you there, like like the, the three lads though that we signed from from Japan. Like, do you think that Celtic Football Club actually sent scouts out in Japan to look for them after Ange recommended them, or was it purely? We did what Ange taught us to do. Well, that's a bit rough. I'd say they trusted in Ange. Ange probably like, produced the data and stuff like that, Paul, to back up his little what he's saying. These guys, and maybe scouts, maybe scouts didn't fly out to watch them, but they've maybe bought, done video scouting and stuff like that. And I saw the websites, see even that stuff you read up on, Paul. Their websites mm-hmm. that these scouts and that going to that's like a, even another level to that, which is just mm-hmm. they've only got access to that they've got this because that was actually that, 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 that was actually something Mark, that we were that we were we, that, that we were that we were looking at Mark. What did a data analyst that a fellow who goes in and analyzes data of players like that's something that they advertise, but nothing ever came of that either, Mark. So they, like I haven't heard of anything that. That we would hired you, someone there, yes. But really, Paul, would, would you know? Would you really? It's one of the jobs that they Celtic need. They need it to advertise it. That's how everybody knew we were looking for one. But mm-hmm. to be honest, for all we know, Paul, the fault they're all. Mm-hmm. I don't see. It's not the kind of. You're not expecting to read a big headline story that Celtic have signed a data analyst kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one that popped up is um, from Stubbs. Is like, should Celtic Park be increased? To facilitate the the 10k rating, this mark. Sorry, Paul. What was that? Uh, should Celtic Park be increased to facilitate the the 10k supporters on the waiting list hey. for the season tickets? No, to be honest, Paul. No, I don't think so because you watch games on the telly and that. You know, I don't go to games anymore. Uh, but there's a hell of a lot of empty seats. Mm-hmm. When get in a, even at Saturday, three o'clock kickoffs and that, Paul, there's wee patches of a lot of empty seats. Mm-hmm. So, a fair to do is with the 10,000 seats, what is it for a European ticket? £50. Mm-hmm. There's your, 
don't even know that is off the top of my head. But aye, for big games like European games, the Glasgow Derby and things like that, we'd pack it to the rafters. But an empty park is a hell of a daunting place as well, Paul, if you know what I mean. Exactly. Terrence, what would be your thoughts on increasing Celtic? Uh, I, 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 would, I would be in the same opinion as Mark. I, I think the, the, the stadium capacity at the minute is, is sufficient. It's fine saying that there's 10,000 season tickets or people waiting for season tickets. But is it 10,000 people waiting for season tickets for the Rangers and the European games? Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. not going to you're, you're you're, Is that extra 10,000 plus the 58,000, 60,000 going to turn up every week? Mm-hmm. Are they, with the greatest respect to, to like Livingston or St. Mirren or Dundee, if it's a, if it goes to seventy thousand, are you going to get seventy thousand at that game? It's the cold day in the middle of February, it's on Celtic TV. <laughs> Do you know the likelihood is you're not you're not going to get it. I mean, I mean, we're in Ireland, Paul. We can phone, I can, we could phone up for the majority of the games, barely most of the European games and, and the derby matches, and I, you could get a ticket. Like mm-hmm. you could get a mm-hmm. ticket. You could say, "Oh, I need three tickets, no problem." So like. Yeah, well, I, I, well, she, well, she can get you tickets any time, Terms. Yeah, oh no, and that's but, but you know what, what I'm trying mean? to say. That's what, what I mean. There's Welsh's own that supportive bus coming up from Wales and England, and they've always got apart for you say the, the, the derby games and big European games. But well, she said there's always tickets kicking about. And we're mm-hmm. we're the same. We're the same here. Like we'd have the, the lads would have. We have a couple of season tickets in the supporters club. You could go down to them and say every second week, "Can I get the ticket? Yeah, can I get the ticket? Can I get the ticket? Can I get the ticket?" And the only one you won't get it. You won't mm-hmm. get it for the derby match. But you won't get it. But you would go every week, and you would still when you get it for the derby match. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that kind of yeah. nonsense comes into it yeah. as well. So mm-hmm. I, 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 and I don't, I don't, I don't think from a from a, a cost efficiency kind of side of it, Paul, it doesn't make sense because. Right. Unless we get a move into a bigger league, even down to England, a, a European league or that, I don't see any point yeah. in it. If mm-hmm. it was a, if it was a European league, whereas obviously we would say the Scottish, some Scottish clubs in with the Belgian clubs and in with the Dutch clubs, for argument's sake, or that that side of it, yeah, you could that that's certainly an avenue to to look at. But if you if you're sitting there and you're the financial guy in Celtic and you're looking and there's fifteen thousand empty seats, like, and it's after costing you x amount of millions to pay for that. Ten thousand seats. It's going to take a long time to pay that back. Like, mm-hmm. and, and it, was know, only, it was only a few years ago with the sort of sections of the top strand. Yeah, there was no the, under the Ronnie Doyle year. There was no the the top, whole top tier was closed off. They had the the kind of those banners or whatever the the fancy maybe the sponsors logos were up there. You know, so I mean, I I think the the capacity the sixty thousand for me is sufficient because you have to look at how many times you realistically fill that during the season. And it's mm-hmm. not weak. Uh, just let you know, we're still on Stubbsy's questions. Just let you know that. Uh, <laughs> apart apart from Larson, Jinky, and Caesar, what what player would you like from the past uh, to be involved in the, the Celtic team? No, uh, Mark, I come to yourself first. Paul McStay. Paul Tommy Burns. I just. I really, I don't really, I don't really need to explain either of them. There, really, just I think mm-hmm. Paul, I, for me, Paul McStay is one of the best players I've ever seen in my life. It was just, yeah. he was just, he was just unlucky. That he played at a time in the club, wasn't it? The strongest, and all this stuff, you know, in the boardroom and that. But Paul McStay was just, I, 
loved Paul McStewart as a young lad. I really did. I actually read about. Uh, uh, I, I read a nice take there the other day, Mark, about Paul McStead that um, Rio Ferdinand is a huge um, Celtic supporter, and uh, Manchester United were over um, in Australia, and Paul McStead was in the airport, and Rio Ferdinand went over to Paul McStay and asked Paul McStay for his autograph in the picture of Paul McStay that supposedly Rio Ferdinand... I thought Rio Ferdinand had leanings to the other side of Glasgow. No, no, huge, huge, huge Celtic supporter, Rio Ferdinand, this but huge Celtic. And, and he was actually starstruck when what he... A, what a player he was as well, but wasn't he Rio Ferdinand? Yeah, yeah starstruck when, when he saw uh, Paul McStay and... Paul McStay like was saying like well you're the star now like I should be asking you for your your, your picture like and Rio Ford said no man just your legend like you know what I mean legend of the game he goes like you know like it, it was nice like of, of Rio Ford to to, to to do that for Paul McStay Mark and that just shows like how much of a great player Paul McStay was uh, you know he's been at the line been at the lane that, that long pole. Exactly. There was players asking Rio Ford. Rio came back and he said it was Manchester United players and asking him who was that. And Rio Ford was going, that, that's Paul McStay, Celtic player. Do you know what I mean? Uh, another one I heard was of, of Rain Rooney uh, approaching uh, another Celtic great. He actually approached Tommy Barnes for a picture, Rain Rooney. You know, so. Like, it just he went to the same school as me, the three of them did. My sister actually went out with Raymond for a while. And back in the day, my mum actually babysitted for them up in Lark Call. See when they were wee boys, name, my mum actually babysitted them. Some name rapping going on here now. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, I mean, the, the three, it, well, uh, Paul, it's just it really, it'd be like sitting talking to us down now. He's that down to earth. There was no ears and graces with him, nothing like that. He was... Same with Tommy Burns and they're just totally, totally down to earth kind of guys. Do you see kind of similarities in his captaincy uh, with Cal McGregor, Mark? That uh, they're, uh, they're, they're so, a, silent, that a silent captain, Mark, but they'll have one word in the air and then that, that that's enough. Leading uh, by example, in, uh, you know, a kind of quieter guy, rather than like yeah, Scott yeah. Leonard, your Roy Keynes that's going to be balling and shouting, they lead by example and just. It's a wee quiet words they have in your ear kind like, of thing. Do, do, do your job, like, you know what I mean? Kind of a thing, like, you know, and I, I'm there if you need me, kind of a thing, Mark, in this, you know? They're kind of, they were kind of guys that done the talking on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, tell us what player would you? Well, ones from, yeah, a couple, a good few years ago, ones for me that would lo- I would have loved to see would have been, I loved Roy Aiken. I thought mm-hmm. Paul Elliott, I loved Paul Elliott. I'd love to have been there for longer than he was. And obviously, Back a bit further, maybe Doug Leash. Doug Leash was sensational as well. Me, me, being a goalkeeper, I would like to see Barrett's. You know, he's so men. You know what I mean? I, I, rather than Hart. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, 
he's another man, Marcus Celtic man, true and true, aren't he? Uh, Arthur Barrett's, you know, I mean, the holy goalie, like, I mean, like, I never forget the time. Uh, it just, it just bought in, yeah, when time, it was one of the yeah. guys that came to the club and just thought, that's his, that's you know, my kind of, my kind of scene kind of thing. It's always in my memory, yeah. himself and Mark Reneal, Mark, uh, Ibrox in the centre pitch, and Mark Reneal holding up Arthur Barrett's hand, you know what I mean? You know, I never forget it, like, I mean, like, like, if you're looking at the keepers we had, like, that going back in years and years, like, over the last couple of seasons, Arthur Barrett so the last I think is is about the best, you know. Which is good. Foster was good, no Mark. Good ball to be fair. Oh yeah, Foster was good, but I I don't know. I I just think I I don't know. I just think it was because of Terence. Maybe for me, it's just the way he bought into Celtic. Do you know what I mean? You know. Oh, and he he did. He was a lunatic, like he's an absolute lunatic. You know. I mean, sure, like you. Didn't 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 uh, Legia Warsaw play Rangers and he was told not to go up to the match. And he still went there, yeah. And he went yeah. up, but he but he had the microphone like. He yeah. had the microphone oh, in the middle. Was, of the he, was playing, he was playing the capo when he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was crazy, but people see you need to be a bit crazy about a goalkeeper. Met Hello. Imagine me. Enough said. Imagine me doing my, my, my team sheets and my team talk if I was <laughs> if I was captain of my football team. Jesus Christ. We were free to tell it we're free to tell it's half time already by the time we finished all the sheets. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, uh, don't, we don't need that sports science. I got a deal with Slim Fast, we've sorted. <laughs> sorted, yeah. Uh, this is actually another good one here by 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 Stubbsy and, and and it's something that I actually can't get my head around this and we spoke about it numerous of times at the podcast is why do we complain so much about artificial pitches? Every club has to play in them throughout the season and every club manages to render them throughout the season. But Celtic continue to struggle on artificial surfaces. Mark, it, it is a big problem for Celtic is artificial surface like I don't but know it like, but it shouldn't be in the league Paul that's oh, the point about it really shouldn't it the state of that Livingston pitch I mean it's that's like something for 20 odd year ago Paul and I used to play football yeah, even Jackie McNamara said that Mark that it, it was a bad aye, pitch aye you know I mean see if you're going see if you're going to buy these kind of plastic because pitches, I don't I, I honestly think be the, the highest the top grade I mean, you go about the world. There are other plastic pitches about the world. They're not the state of Livingston's. Mark, there's there's pitches here that I used to play on that are a better standard than that pitch. And Terence would even say that, like, pay five. There's no, listen, there's 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 no match should be played on an artificial pitch. Simple as that. I don't care what sport it is. I've seen it. I've seen it here played in 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 Limerick, and my brother snapped his Achilles playing on a game on, on an artificial pitch in the scrum. And it's only because it was an artificial pitch. Otherwise, if it was mud, the ground would have given way and he wouldn't have snapped it. Like, I, they're, they're, they're a joke. They're I, I, I put a thing to you, though, like, uh, like the, three lads, the, the three lads coming in there now from um, from Japan, Mark, I, I certainly wouldn't think they would have been playing on an artificial pitch over in Japan. Like, it's going to be... No, but, see, if are, no, but if they are artificial, Paul, it will be these right top of the range ones. Top, That's top what range, I mean, like that that's that like grass, like, you know. Uh, what I mean? but was it the, the Russian is World, the Russian see, World see, Cup that you used to? See, seems to be more more kind of sand uh, on their pitch, don't uh, they? It's, it's, 
As I say, see if they want to play with this artificial surface for whatever reason, whether it's a community one pitch or whatever, it's got to be like the top, top level. It's a no. And see if that's a key, you don't get into the league. That's really, well, I, I mean, even Aki's, Aki's pitch wasn't he, that was terrible as well, don't I mean, I know I've got a soft spot for Aki's and I, I still used to say that pitch, they, they shouldn't have been in the league with that, with that pitch, not a top level league, Paul. But, but, but we still, Mark, like it's not just Livingston's pitch, like we, we kind of struggled on artificial pitches alone, didn't we? Like, you know, and the club were playing out, but we're glazing the, the conference league, they're playing artificial pitches, like, you know I mean? It, it, it well, is. It's going to be different, Paul. I you know, guarantee that the the stand, the quality of that pitch is going to be completely different. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying terms. Uh, the Russian World Cup there was a lot yeah. of pitches that were plastic. And you can't compare you look, Livingston's to that. But you look at some of those pitches, Paul, and probably the, the especially the ones Mark is talking about in the Russian league. If you look at them on television, they don't look a plastic pitch. No. They don't look well, you look at you look at Livingston and you could nearly see the stitching. A lot of these modern pitches are they not a kind of hybrid anyway? Maybe yeah. we used to look into that in the forum and Celtic paid all that money for the pitch and didn't quite settle in and things like that. So it's it was a Mark, kind of hybrid of grass and plastic, wasn't it? Mark, I think I think but, we yeah. could I think we can maybe talk about the standard of, of, of Celtics football pitch as well. Like uh, did we invest a lot of money when, when Brendan Wilder was here. He was complaining about the surface when, when he first came in. That it, it wasn't suited for his style of play, and uh, and we we t- we took Rogers' kind of expertise in it, and we played a whole a brand new high bar pitch. But Celtic Park at the moment, Mark seems to be ripping up a lot as well, don't it? But it always says, Paul, if we done that job, that never kind of yeah, settled. Yeah, no, never settled. No, never settled. Like, and that, but to be to be fair, that when Celtic didn't scrape on that, uh, is it Dioso or something? They come, I can't even. The name off the top of my head, Paul, but there's this company, the company Celtic used. It was them that they've, I'm sure they've done the Wembley pitch and everything. Mm. I don't know whether they've been unlucky, no look teft at it right or something like that, but I, I agree the pitch isn't the it, best. It rips it? up, it, it, it does, Mark, it does, it, it, it rips up a lot. I, I know it's that about Celtic Park down the last couple of games, like especially along the, the corner kicks, Mark, there and stuff like that. Well, you, you see, a lot of it as well, though, Paul, is and I'd only know this from the time when I was working at the golf course doing mm-hmm. the greens and stuff. There's there's no roots on. So basically mm-hmm. the root the roots are nigh on not going. You could nearly bend down and pick the grass up. Pick the grass up, Terence, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because because a lot of these a lot of these pitches, they, like say the golf greens that you'd see, the top golf greens, they're they're called sand based greens. And the whole the whole logic is that it's built a certain way and there's a lot of sand under it. So that when it rains, the water soaks through the ground and goes straight through the sand. That's the mm-hmm. theory that it doesn't flood. But if you don't get a proper root zone going through it, and the roots going down to a certain depth, yeah, when you go, when you when you make a tackle or something like that, it basically just the, the ground just it's nearly like carpet. It just moves with you. And I we we had that issue on our, on golf greens when I worked in the golf club that you'd go to change the hole and basically there'd only be two inches of earth. And the rest would be sand, and the sand would fall out. So mm-hmm. it's it's a similar kind of thing that Celtic had that issue with that when there was a tackle made or when there was something made, it was it basically the pitch just yeah the up. pitch just ripped up then. So yeah, that, and, yeah. And, and the other problem with it as well is it's that's why you see them having these um these light, the special lights on the pitch mm-hmm. because because if obviously with grass and light and all that all the photosynthesis stuff and all that for it to grow. 
So if that's not if that's if it's if when there's minimum amount of light during the day or sunlight, again it's putting pressure and pressure on it. It's constantly been played on. So it, it it's it's a it's a real it's a real science to get it right. Like and when it doesn't mm. go right, it's it it shows up and shows up badly. Like yeah, I think if if I if I stepped onto a golf course, I expect uh, the whole golf course to empty. If if I went to hit the ball, <laughs> it's big enough. You'd manage to keep it inside. Of it. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm, I'm playing golf. I like playing golf. Golf is. No, I, I, I played, I played, I played pitch and put once, and I, I still managed to hit the ball behind me. So. <laughs> oh, I, I play, I'm playing 31 years now, Mark. Have you turned side? Good stuff. Yeah. I, I played it maybe for about. And have you come down before my leg end up knocker? No, I mean, but I didn't miss it because yeah. I enjoyed it. It was, it was kind of, it was kind of calming. Do you know what I mean? Just having a. Yeah. See, the, ever... the boys I played with played a lot longer. I mean, I went, it was like, oh, see if it went in the rough. They weren't, they weren't, oh, you need to play for they were like, throw it out and hit it for their side. They weren't digging in on this kind of thing. So I was yeah, just yeah. enjoying myself. Yeah, this, this is actually, it, it, it's not from none of the, the, the forum pages or anything like that, but this just a, as we're talking about that, like meeting up, meeting friends and playing golf and stuff like that. And, it is a big team be between professional players, Mark. Do you think that was a big problem? Like not a big problem, but one of the issues last season, Mark, why we couldn't see players maybe settling properly, likes of Duffy, uh, Barkas and stuff. That they they didn't have that kind of community with players to go out and have a game of golf, to, to meet up outside the football club, that they had to go in and be in their own commune with with the COVID. I think maybe it did really Barkas in that Paul, but oh, Duffy was made. Personal Mm-hmm. Uh, the last one from from Stubbsy until his wife came in and taught him to go shopping. <laughs> just uh, to stop what he's doing there uh, was: do we let wayfar do we increase the the allocation of wave fans in in the stadium to create a better better atmosphere between rival fans? And I think we spoke about this, and we spoke about how how bad uh, the Glasgow derbies after coming recently. Terms like this bit we know between the two clubs has gone. Apart from, apart from him coming, Paul, but it wouldn't make any difference. That's the only game that I would matter in. Mm-hmm. You, you can turn around and give any other team in Scotland 8,000 tickets and they'd sell it out. Yeah, and I think we saw that with the Hibs game aye, back in the aye. final. They were, and they couldn't sell the, the actually extra allocation that they got. They couldn't no, sell them. Aye, they moaned up with getting extra tickets and then couldn't they sell them. So, apart from the Derby game, Paul, I don't think it would make much difference. And I've said it, before about the Derby game, it's a bit. Tat for tat and a bit Can we see? I, I don't think Mark there's going to be an, an end to that at the moment. It's still, it's still kind of it's still dragging on, isn't it? And it's a pity, really, because it is taking the buzz away from the derby game, isn't it? Uh, I bet I, and I know people are saying, oh, Sky will end up coming in and saying stuff. Sky don't. Sky's not going to come in and say anything whatsoever about that. No, I mean, as long as they've got the game to show, that's all they're caring about. But I'd love to see Celtic. Take, even if they didn't think it was going to be changed, I'd love to see Celtic take the higher ground and basically publicise and say we want X amount of 
the Rangers fans back at Parkhead for the derby match and our fans back at Ibrox for the derby match. And yeah, chop back a dip because make, it started make, it like yeah. Yeah, but make it be known. Put it out there mm. that Celtic are willing to discuss this. And then it then it all the every everything all the, everything turns towards towards Rangers and everyone it turns towards them and then it's basically when it's not when it's still the same, everyone goes, Well Celtic are willing to discuss it. Why aren't you? That's because that would I, be I actually done a week Paul, I hope that, that the Derby I'm lucky, we thought the Derby game's going to be played on the the second or third day whenever it was. And I thought, right, you have done it once to us, we've done it once to you. Let's get this sorted Thank out. For the, next, the next two, we'll get two more derby games to play. Let's get it sorted out for them. Because it's a bit petty and childish, but I see what Terence is saying. That is the kind of thing that Celtic should do. Because I think, Mark, like, at the moment, with our Celtic board, is, we're too quiet. Our Celtic board is too quiet. Do you know what I mean? Like, Terence, there, like, mate, that, that point. Too Terrence, quiet, like, yeah, bro. that's what I'm saying. Like, they should be doing that. that. Terence said, like, yeah. You know, Celtic's PR is one of the worst PRs. I mean, we laugh at some of the stuff Rangers and that committee, but their fans lap it up. At, at least they're coming up with stuff, man. Uh, uh, their the fans... The only things were coming up was happy birthday to fucking Henrik Larson. <laughs> or have, like, but don't care. But that's, but, I mean, but, but, but that's what I'm saying to do it. PR because... guys are half support. Mm. Mm. But that's but, what I mean, I'm that's... saying to do it. Even, even if Celtic... Even if Celtic believe that Rangers aren't going to agree to it. It but doesn't put it back on it makes it makes it it basically shows Celtic are put are whole putting out the hand, the hand of friendship or the hand of gesture and they're and they're spiting it. And it it, it only just it we, we just didn't, makes them look start, ten times we worse. Didn't start this, but so we're gonna finish it. Yeah we're gonna be professional. Celtic are saying they're going to change this and get back to the the status quo, as we kind of call it. So I put the pressure back on to them. Because that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of thing they do. Exactly. Oh, yeah, they, they, they do that. They do that religiously. But that's what I'm saying. Celtic should do that, even if they don't. Even if they, even if they know for a fact that Rangers aren't going to change their mind, it still puts them, puts Celtic in in a good light and Rangers in a bad light. And Rangers have to answer questions. Why? Why don't you want Celtic supporters? Why won't you give them X, Y, and Z tickets? And they have to answer. And do you know what I mean? We all know the answer mm-hmm. that they're a bunch of tosspots. But that's another issue. Oh, like. but, but I mean, that's all started because they couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't stand, handle uh, That's they couldn't stand watching us celebrate in the Brimland. Mm-hmm. They could. And, and then that's, and because, that's, of, because of COVID, they went with the, the Nathan's kind of synopsis kind of thing. But because if I. That's petty. I mean, we're going, we're going about the pub league and that. Can you imagine the pub league, any pub league team pulling that kind of stunt? Would it be war? They'd be crucified in the press and everything for it. And back to the beat, like, I saw, uh, what was it, uh, it, it just shows uh, fans down in Scott, uh, England when I saw a match between Manchester United and Liverpool and Liverpool hammering Manchester United and a Manchester United fan asking a Liverpool player for his jersey. Oh. At the end of the match, oh, the biggest no. rivalry down in England, Manchester United and Liverpool, and a Manchester United fan asking a Liverpool player for his jersey. Imagine if you saw that up here. The pictures of Man United fans taking pictures of Liverpool players celebrating scoring and everything for that yeah. game, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, just, that's a tourist league, Paul. That's all that is. Tourists, they're not, they're not saying they're no supporters. Or, oh. Uh, they're fans, Paul, but no supporters. Do you get what I mean? 
like a lot of these a lot of these guys doing in England doing that will go to like a Man United and Man City derby this week. Then see next week they'll be doing watching Arsenal against Spurs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's plastic. It's a plastic, plastic league. I mean, Man City don't even sell out their home games, Paul. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think Celtic should be the ones to to buckle on this. Like you know what I mean? Like 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 we didn't start it. Like you know what I mean? It's up to them. Even even really to to stop it, like you know what I mean, like let Celtic fans in, like let the like I remember like watching Celtic and Rangers matches like in in box like and we had the, the whole end of the stadium like it and it was just the buzz there, like you know what I mean, the, the, and that, that buzz is gone, like in this, you know. The thing the thing about it, Paul, is every reason that they gave makes no sense because mm-hmm. the point the point I would always put back to if anyone ever said it to me was, I said, when Rangers were dominating Scottish football. And they were going for eight, nine, and ten in a row. They never once called the Celtic support. So no one can tell me that there wasn't an influx of Rangers supporters wanting season tickets then. They could have no. probably filled the whole stadium with Rangers supporters when they were going for nine and ten in a row and they were doing well in Europe and they were doing everything. So if there was ever a time that they were going to do this, it would have been back then. But the fact is they were happy enough to see Celtic fans suffer when they kept ramming the winds down their throats. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. just simply that the wheel turned, and like Mark said, they just couldn't take the idea of Lee Griffiths tying the scarfs around the post, Brownie doing the celebration with the glasses, the fans going right, getting the hammered five one. That's what it's down to. It's lust, just lust down it, to pure lust it, lust it with the, 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 the police, that, yeah, yeah, the cop has had it. Yeah, yeah. Or the beach yeah. ball Sunday day and things like that. Yeah, you know, there are things that yeah, that's that's. That's the reason that that has come in. It is not, as I said, if they were going to do that, they would have done that when Rangers were dominating it and going for eight and nine and when they were going for ten in a row. They'd have filled out that whole area if they wanted to do Rangers. Like, but yet they were happy to give up the, the, the 7,000 tickets and the Celtic fans back then. It's like, just childish. If you look at the next derby, like this is going to be the first derby mark in years that's going to be under the lights. Yeah, we were only talking about that mark in a few podcasts myself and you, like saying like that. Do you remember the days when you used to have the, the night derbies, like midweek games or Saturday? We, we only talked about that and we would say, like, will we ever see it again? And it's going to be upcoming, like, you know what I mean? Like, well, the last one would be when McCoyce and Lennon. Yeah. Barney sideline into that would be the last time we'd a yeah. night game against yeah. them. I was at one, actually. The one derby I was at was a night game. It was the, the League Cup quarter final. Maloney scored a screamer of about 35 yards out. I don't know if you remember that goal. It was a stunner. Aye, aye. I was at that game. Yeah, that was the that was the derby match I was at years ago. I was, I was a, it was a midweek game actually. I think it was mm-hmm. it was a league cup league cup quarter final or something. But yeah. Uh, the last question from the the forum page was was was, was from Tim Malloy. Uh, he said uh, he read an article about the commercial business opportunities. Uh, should Celtic. Uh, do more when with signing the Japanese pairs. Should we look at more TV deals, merchandise, etc.? Uh, can you discuss these prospects and how Celtic makes Celtic TV more professional instead of the amateur way it's born? Uh, should we be using the Japanese, USA, Canada, and Australian markets more? Mark, you replied back to him on that. And did you just want to it to discuss what you said about it? Oh, yeah. First off, for the Japanese, looking at people predicted we were going to make millions when we seen Nakamura in that. And I read an article I can mind. I actually tried to find it, but all the articles we could find were still seeing the millions we make. But 
there was no spike in our merchandise sales while Nakamura was here. And for the thing, it's, for me, this is the duty Celtic, Paul. This is duty Adidas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, Celtic, Celtic signed a deal with Adidas. They get so many million pounds. And if you buy a jersey for the Sport Direct, that money goes to, the profit on that goes to Sport Direct, the rest it goes to Adidas, kind of just kind of basic payments terms as such. That's how I always say if you're buying gear, buy out the Celtic show because the actual profit still goes to them. But the overall deal with the worldwide kind of stuff, that all comes through Adidas or Nike or wherever it's been. So if you're going to capitalise on these markets, it's going to be Adidas that push it. Because even Celtic, you know, Celtic, if Celtic won't up a Celtic show in Japan, it will cost them a hell of a lot of money. How many years would we need to actually to get it, open that shop and try to worm our way into the kind of market to actually make any kind of money on it? Mm -hmm. The American one, can remember at one of the conventions a few years ago, there was a big furor on it that there was no merchandise there on sale. It was the day the, uh, uh, import, import taxes, the taxes to bring stuff into the country. It was all to do with that. So Celtic, if Celtic paid the import taxes for bringing the goods into the country, they would just be, they'd be losing money at it. Making a loss of it, then. Aye, yeah. so I think it's going to be more down to the actual kit suppliers to look at these kind of avenues. And then when Celtic are, obviously it's not going to, I don't know. Well, it might, there might be a yearly review or deal with Adidas, I don't know. But it should be really like Adidas or Mark, like the way they kind of promote Manchester United over there with exactly. their kids and stuff like that. Should be, be Adidas should be looking at now, like when Celtic have four Japanese Aye. international players, like this is a market. No, we should be jumping into here. And then, and then see if, supposing as a yearly reviewer, whether it's when the contract's expired, then Celtic's in the position to say, but look at the Japanese market we're in, look at the American market that we've got involved in. To get the end of Celtic's get a, instead of getting whatever we're getting, we can add another five, eight, ten million onto that kind of deal. I don't mm -hmm. think it's down to Celtic to, to do these kind of thing, things. Or, do, do you know what I mean? It shouldn't yeah. be down to Celtic to go and open up shops in Japan and that. That should be down to Adidas to help promote us. I mean, probably, Adidas, let's face it, Adidas is probably a bigger brand name than Celtic about the world. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's up to Adidas to try and make theirself more money and as a kick-on for that. We'll make more money for that. Oh, what about Celtic TV, Terence? Like, you know, there's, there's been no complaints about the, the quality of Celtic TV. Like, the, should Celtic now be investing in Celtic TV, considering there could be another lockdown with fans, Oaks? Um, yeah, well, they, they, should be, they should be looking at that regardless, Paul, whether there's a lockdown coming in or not. I mean, people are paying for a product um, and they need the product to be of quality. I mean, there was situations where streams were freezing or it was a couple of minutes behind. And if you had your phone, your phone might ping and it might be a goal. And next minute, the goal comes up three minutes later on the television. Just, you know, there's, there's, there's people whose job is to basically manage that, produce that and get it effectively and get it to a standard it should be at. That's their job. If they're not doing that, if they're not doing their job properly, then they need to get someone in that can do the job properly. Whether it's the PR, whether it's proper PR people, media people, whoever that is, I mean that's that's going to be their whole focus. Your job is running Celtic TV, doing interviews, doing shows, doing 
game match days, doing whatever they have to do. And I mean, it it, it has to be improved. I mean, you can't you can't ask someone for X, Y, and Z money and then give them rubbish like, you know, because eventually people will people will cop on to just go. Oh, I'm just not paying that anymore. I why do I need to pay for Celtic TV to, t- to when I when I get a ping on my phone that I'm five minutes behind the game and I know Celtic have scored or know the opposition have scored. That's, happens, that's pointless. That, like, but that happens on BT Sports terms. I get BT Sports free on Virgin Media. Right? You see, as Paul, there's, there's always a wee guy on the live chats for day, and he's always ahead of everybody with goals. Mm-hmm. But I've been sitting watching like games on through Virgin Media. We're paid wee Virgin Box thing, and I'll say, to, I'll say to my wife that I'll say to Jack. I've got that, they're going to score because I've seen somebody live chats. Live yeah, because I think yeah. Mark, I, 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 I think I was actually ahead of you. Well, I was ahead of you, Mark, one day, and you were, you were, you asked me the question, well, how did you know that we scored when I'm watching it actually live I on think, the telly? I, I honestly think the quickest. See, but terms of saying your phone ping, and I don't have any kind of alerts or anything like that. But I think the quickest way, they're like up to the actual second or minute. I think it'd be better. I think they're just like listening to the radio, Paul. Mm-hmm. all kind of radio, radio played kind of commentary, because that's what seems that seems to be a bit. Just even if it is maybe a wee minute, half a minute quicker than even watching it live on Virgin. Or, I don't know what Sky's like, but I don't know what Terence is saying. We always it does always seem to be a bit of poor quality and lagging and buffering uh, and freezing and stuff like that. They can definitely improve that, but the actual time I don't know if that's te- technically possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go back to the night chat rid, there. They can get rid of Jerry McCulloch for a start as well. I can't stick him. <laughs> no, Paul, man. He was on Radio Clyde for years mm-hmm. and just was a pure, pure tosser on it, honest to God, man. And just showing kind of smug, shite stern coat, and then he ended up going to Celtic and he's on, on Celtic TV and on Twitter and that about how great and all. Knows everything about Celtic and that, and I'm like, oh, you're still a pure prick, mate. Honestly, mm-hmm. excuse the French there. <laughs> uh, back, back to the um, yeah, the live chat there. Strain of the doctor joined us, and he says, given the zombie tickets deprive Celtic fans of seats until they give ground on our Celtic fans. Would you agree that, Mark? That it should be up to well, Rangers. Well, to, well, to, good to, to see him. Eh? Been out before that guy. Then he strange love doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, well, it's, I know, I, 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 it's a kit, but who's going to blink first, Paul? That's what it is for me. That's how I said, they locked us out last one. If we'd locked them out, and that's what, if that game had been played here in New Year, I'd have kind of called it quits there. But then you're mm-hmm. putting it back onto them to blink first and let us into the next one on the agreement that we let them into the next one beyond that. But if, it's a kind of who's going to blink first situation. And... As I say, that's silly. It really is. It detracts a bit for the game as well. Mm-hmm. Something it's. I mean, I don't know. Even got to a level like Dermot Desmond trying to intervene and saying, uh, Michael Nicholson, their terms are saying Celtic come out and done that. They're working on about Michael Nicholson never does anything. Michael Nicholson should come out and like address this. And even put terms are saying, put it back on him, just say, look. That's just petty, in our opinion. We, we don't want this. We want as many fans in for both sides to enjoy the game. We want as many fans for both sides as safe, safely possible to be in it and enjoy the game. But it's kind of gone be it's kind of it's kind of gone beyond fans now, Mark, with 
with with with Rangers like banning the likes of Neil Lennon and and Chris Sutton, like they're just going the extra bit now, like it's it's getting a bit out of hand, you know, with Rangers. They're banning banning commentators from going and saying like, well, if you, if you can't make safety of commentators coming into your grounds, like they should be your fans should be locked out of European games now at this stage, you know. No, it should be a case of if you can't, if you're not guaranteeing the safety, it doesn't matter what team you're playing football. They're just yeah. an employee, BT Sport or whatever. If you're no, if you can't guarantee the safety of your employees, well, you're no bothering showing your games. That's yeah. that for me. That's what they should come out and say. You know, because I think that's just gone a bit too much now, like, in this band and the likes of Chris Sutton and Lee Lennon out, out of, uh, out of yeah, Ibrox, like, in this, you know, it is, like, it's just gone ridiculous, Mark, in this. Nobody's like, Paul, it's like, pick your biggest moon howler out of support and say, mate, you make the decisions for us. Yeah. That's what it's like, do you get what I mean? And if, if you're that, their PR guy's that EUP head case, you know what I mean, sir? What do you really, what, what do you expect for them? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's all, it. All the more, all the more, sorry, Paul, it's all the more reason for Celtic to, to, to show their hand yeah. and put the hand put the hand out and go. We want we want this to end. We want the fans back. We want the fans back in both grounds, and throw it back on them. And then when they do not stop Neil Lennon going in, and they do stop Chris Sutton going in, and they don't give Celtic tickets to fans, they're the one. They're the ones. Everyone turns around and go. It's all on them. It's all mm. on them. And that's like like Mark said. Mark or Michael Nichols and the powers to be. They have a perfect opportunity, to to do it. A perfect opportunity, and they should. Like it's a win-win for Celtic, really. Like in this, okay, you know, they can't like, lose. They can't yeah, lose. William Smith is saying, like, call them out. Like, you know what I mean? They say yeah. no. We keep the tickets. Like we all say, intense. Call them out. Like that's what we have yeah. to do. Call it out. 100%. Like, yeah, big time. You know, uh, we leave it that. Uh, thanks to Terence again for joining us. Uh, thanks to the lads on the the forum page for putting the question to us uh, tonight. It's uh, www.celticrumors.co.uk uh, Thanks to you guys in the live chat for joining us as well tonight. Uh, Mark will close the show. Oh, just thanks very much, Paul, for everything you gave. Getting everything prepared, all your notes and stuff like that. Terms, brilliant. Thanks very much for coming on. And your brother and sister-in-law that joined us, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, hopefully yeah. Hopefully, Neve, our man, of, uh, hit the subscribe button, put us up to 522. All the lads in the live chat, thanks very much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Take care of yourself. Look after yourself. Good night. God bless. Heal, heal. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode of the Boz and Bovo podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel.